Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every episode microplot is a complete adventure with a beginning and an end that fits into the overarching macroplot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these episodes in any order and skip any you don't enjoy. Today is a special episode as it's an experiment in storytelling. Our three players today are going to face the same NPCs and setting, initial setup, sort of like when you raise the curtain on a stage, as the people who play in next week's adventure. But the outcome is entirely up to them. The fate of the NPCs is in your hands, players. Joining us today are Skirmish Killington. Well, hello there. Um, Skirmish Killington, as the, the kind DM said. Uh, I'm a level 7 Goliath Barbarian. I'm about seven, seven. Oh, wow, that's three sevens. That's fantastic. Um, about 325 pounds. I got a nice pair of pants. I'm learning to swim. Uh, things are looking up. Can't wait for the adventure. Oh, uh, growing a beard, trying it out. Uh, green eyes, pale blue skin. And um, that's, that's about it, I think, for now. All right. Sinclair. Hello, everyone. I'm Sinclair a 7th level warlock of Haros the Fairyman. I'm a half-elf of average height with a slight build. I have a clean-shaven face, my left eye is hazel while my right is blue, and I wear my hair in an undercut that is black with cobalt highlights. My compatriots Malachi and Maddie are always close at hand, a raven and well-dressed imp respectively, and I always dress to impress. Today I'm sporting a knee-length blue tunic with gold and a pair of comfy black slacks. The pockets on these things can hold everything. <laughs> Let's fill those pockets. And Claudio. Hello, I'm Claudio. I'm a tabaxi ranger. I, well, if we haven't met before, you'll find me at about six feet, five inches tall. Nice and slender cat-like person with uh, beautiful green eyes and orange and brown fur. And, uh, well, the rest you'll get to know along the, the adventure. All right. Where are each of your fire-breathing kittens' tattoos? Mine is on, uh, so... If, you, if I was to make a fist with my right hand, it's tattooed across the fingers so that when I'm punching people for justice sake, that's the last thing they see. <laughs> uh, Sinclair's is located on their left forearm, uh, palm side. And for Claudio, it's on his right shoulder. All right. Pretty visible locations. You are all clearly fire-breathing kittens. You are each sitting... In a seat, in an auditorium, inside the Nikmui Convention Center complex. In between events, people are milling about. A person with the head of a rabbit, body humanoid but furred, wearing a thalo green long sleeve top that fits fashionably loosely on her thin arms and also wearing crisp white pants, has sat down and begun chatting with you all as she takes a break from setting flyers down on each chair. She sighs and puts her head in her hands and advises you, if you want to get invited to another Sunblade party, you have to stop impersonating them. They took offense. Although how anyone could mistake fire-breathing kittens, and here she looks at you three and raises an eyebrow, for paladins is beyond me. You should make up with them somehow, though. That garden party with just the moody booksellers was so boring. It'd be way more fun with you all there. Well, do like a party. And thank you so much for saying it would be more fun with us around. Um, I heard stories 
at the Guildhall about the paladins pretending to be sunblades. Uh, that wasn't us, I don't think. Um, do we still need to apologize, though? Even though that was, I guess, as representatives of the Guildhall, we should be apologizing, and if so, to whom? Eh, well, I think there's a certain department for that, so I don't, I don't know if we'll be in charge of PR, if I'm being honest, uh, oh. but oh, that's I mean, we right. could give it a shot. Well, actually, the PR department told me specifically not to talk on behalf of the guild anymore. <laughs> there, there was a, a fracas. I, listen, I have a few cases open for me too, so mm. <laughs> we could talk right. about this later. Cool. Yes, I believe Usalag will send a very nice fruit basket and an apology card, and that, sh- that should square us away, I believe. Well, good. That'll make the garden parties much more enjoyable. I... Joyful bat A voice calls. You all turn your heads and see a bunny person with the head of a rabbit and a humanoid body covered in fur, wearing some latest top fashion monstrosity, hopping down the aisle to her at top speed. Come quickly! Your art! The rabbit-headed woman you'd been talking to straightens, ears pointed directly upward, and hops after him at great speed. Seems like there's some kind of emergency. Uh, would you like to follow them or uh, mill around in this convention center? Are they uh, setting up or taking down? Uh, are they, I think that might be a DM question. Does it look like they're setting up or it's like already... You're in between events in the auditorium, which has a lot of seats. Some of the seats have flyers on it that Joyful Babette put on them. Others of the seats don't. Well, I like Joyful Babette, so I'll do two things. I'll pick up one of her flyers, and then I'll follow her to see if she needs any help. Would you like to come along, guys? Yeah. Uh, I'll go. Yeah. Uh, Skirmish, while we're on the way, what does that flyer say? Oh, that's a great question. Let me read it. In a different voice, of course. (laughs) A glossy paper brochure in artful letters proclaims Joyful Babette Canvas Gala A date two weeks from now And an address in the arts district Everybody who's following them Please roll a survival check Alright 17 Uh, 22 9 Claudio starts to turn left And then the other two are like No, no, to the right (laughs) So, Claudio, you're officially in last place, and then the other two are kind of tied. Bounding through the convention center halls, jumping past people, the bunny people speed to a dressing room. What are each of your movement speeds? 30. 30. Uh, 40 maximum. Okay. Sinclair, you fall behind a little. The order is skirmish, then Sinclair, then Claudio. You arrive at the dressing room door. It is open. You are in time to see, this is for skirmish, Joyful Babette plop her crisp white pants onto the ground as she slumps, emotionally upturned like someone upturned the closets of clothes on the floor. These clothes aren't just piled on the floor, they're in pieces. Finger-length tatters of glittery satin, habute, and charmeuse. You have the first response, and then Sinclair, and then Claudia. A Joyful Babette, are you alright? What happened? My costumes! They're in tatters! Sinclair arrives on the scene. Oh, goodness, you two are fast. Uh, Who took a blender to the fabric? That doesn't look like anything I'd wear. I know what you're thinking, but it wasn't me. And Claudio, you're there now, finally. Oh, eh, 
So the costumes are being built from scratch. Cool. We get to see all the behind the scenes work happening. This is amazing. <laughs> Ooh, I should take notes. No, they're not meant to be this way. Someone's destroyed my work. What oh. will the models wear? Oh, no. Does anybody know a mending spell? I heard somebody do that at the hall when they uh, tore the painting and it fixed it. Hmm. No. I would like to go into the convention center and shout, Hey, does anybody know a mending spell? <laughs> Before you do that, you've got some ideas. You've got some, some thought processes about how you're going to approach the situation. Let's put some structure to that. A skill challenge is a storytelling scenario. For this skill challenge, the party as a whole needs to succeed three times on ability checks before reaching two failures. On your turn, set up your dilemma yourself, describe how you try to overcome it, then roll a d20 and add your ability modifier to find out if you do. If the party gets three successes, you pass the skill challenge and achieve a favorable result. If the party gets two failures, you fail the skill challenge and something bad will happen. Each person can only use a skill, for example athletics, once during the entire skill challenge. The same skill also can't be used by two people in a row. Spellcasters, you can expend a spell slot to gain advantage on your roll if you justify it with storytelling. And the order for the skill challenge is Skirmish, Sinclair, and then Claudio. Alright. Well, uh, for the skill challenge then, I do happen to have uh, uh, advantage on persuasion, but only specifically with dwarves. So... I'm going to look around the hole for dwarves and try to persuade them to say, pardon me, would you mind uh, using any kind of either tools that you have or spells that you have that could help my friend fix her clothes and costumes? A four foot, six inch tall, 209 year old dwarf woman with chestnut hair, tanned skin and green eyes is walking down the hallway at that moment. She sees oh. you and recognizes Sinclair and comes over to help. This is Professor Clarissa Jubelhine, a former professor at Dillantar's Arcane Academy that Sinclair knows. So I'm just reminding Sinclair of this, but skirmish, you don't know this person. So she comes over and she says, I'm a skilled magician. How can I help? Oh, fantastic. So our dear friend is a great artist and she's got all these costumes that some models were supposed to wear. But somehow, they got all destroyed. So, uh, if there is a way for you to mend them, I've seen uh, magical people do something like that, that would be fantastic. Or some something, I don't know, go back in time and catch the perpetrator. I don't know about <laughs> magic too much. What skill are you applying and what is your role? Uh, persuasion. Uh, with advantage, I got, because of the dwarf talking, um, a 22 Unfortunately, that fails. I can't believe it. Oh. She says, Oh, I'd love to help. I totally would. I'm just, I'm so late. I'm supposed to be setting up my booth in the shopping center, and it's unattended right now, and if I don't go attend it, someone might steal my things. I really wish I could help you. This looks like a... And she just waves her hand at all that. But, you know, come find me later at my booth. Then I'll have everything sorted, and I'll be able to help you then. Oh, Hi, okay. Sinclair. Bye. What's your booth number? Sinclair. <laughs> oh, I was, uh, had a quick question that they needed answered. Booth 24. 
Okay, Thank see you. you later. Thanks, Professor. We'll swing by afterwards. And that's a fail. Skill challenges have a DC to them that I write down beforehand and I try to stick to. So next up in the skill challenge is Sinclair. You can't use persuasion. Now, here's an important question. The other rabbit folk person that initially alerted our dear joyful Babette to the sabotage, are they still here in the room? Yes. Sinclair is going to try and go bad cop and use intimidation to interrogate. (laughs) Okay, let's hear your interrogation and then see your number. All right. You, person whose name I don't know at the moment, what is your name? What were you doing before you alerted Joyful to the sabotage? How do we know it wasn't you? And what's your number? Well, that's a natural 20. Plus seven, twenty-seven. Ayo, that passes. He stutters and stammers and says, "My my name's Quixotic Emmanuel, and and the I I helped build these costumes. They were for the Joyful Babette team of the Nika contest, the talent show that's going to be held tonight. It was to be living art on stage, models strutting their hand-painted garments on a catwalk that extends out into the audience. There is a 20,000 gold prize for the most popular entry. It could have funded our artist retreat if we'd won. I spent hours painting them. I promise it wasn't me. All right. I'm not through with you, (laughs) but your alibi seems to check out. Excellent. We are to Claudio. One fail and one pass. Remember, if you succeed three times, or if you fail two times, the skill challenge ends. So if you fail now, it ends. <laughs> oh, jeez. No pressure. <laughs> eh. Okay. Um, I'm going to start walking towards the pile of tattered clothes and kind of start... Like, are they just in shit, like, all together a mess and, like... Can I separate them as fast as possible to start, like, figuring out what, like, how to best reconstruct these if we have to get to that? So with, like, sleight of hand, I'm just going to go over there and kind of, like, quickly start shuffling them into, like, appropriate piles. Excellent. We have some tatter sorting going on. What's your number? 21. You guys. That's a second fail. Um, yikes. Okay. So, some things happen. As you start to separate the tatters, you find a stone tablet that is in this mess that is not clothing and doesn't seem to have been part of clothing, so that's suspicious. And also, as you try to sort them out and mend them, you notice that the fabric, like, you've sorted them, you know, they're in piles, but when you try to line them up, they don't line up. It's like there's a piece missing from the middle of it, as if if you lined these all up, like something had cut and taken some of the fabric as they cut, which would really thwart a mending spell, which is when you line two things up and then... Um, and you would say that this is not a magic type you've seen ever used before. It's either a very high-level spell you're not familiar with, or even possibly a new spell to remove a strip from between two edges with every cut. This is crazy advanced magic you've never seen before, and you can't fix it. Also, there's a stone tablet. And you guys have failed the skill challenge. So... <laughs> For everyone, all three of you are in the dressing room. And this whole time, everything you've touched and investigated and been near has 
been coated in a mild sheen of tiny, finer-than-sand gold dust, and it's been kicked up in the air, and you've been breathing it in. It's everywhere in this room, and possibly in the entire convention center. You notice it now, rubbing your fingers together and looking at the gold dust closely. As you peer at it on your fingertips, it sinks into your skin and is gone. Please add that to all three of your character sheets. Gold dust is in you. Um, Sinclair, using a one of the eldritch invocations that lets him detect magic at will, is going to detect magic. Does this look very familiar? Yes. Oh, expletive. Hey, guys. I think we need to swing by uh, Barry's down in Mishwi. If not today, very soon. Uh, and on top of that, I mean, I kind of pick... Uh, no, I don't pick up the stone tablet, but I kind of... There's a weird stone tablet here. I don't know if this was part of the costumes or not, but uh, it looks a little different than the rest of the garments here. And also the garments seem to be missing some pieces. Well, that's weird. Uh, I'd like to pick up that stone tablet and take a look at it. When you touch it and pick it up, an illusion beams upward from the tablet. Three taunting but beautiful faces appear like a hologram, laughing at you, pointing, pulling down an eye, and sticking out their tongue. They are a man with cardinal red hair, a man with black hair, and a woman with hair that must have been dyed maroon. All three of them are unusually attractive people. Do do I recognize the woman with the maroon hair or no? You do not. Okay. Uh, joyful Babette. Uh, I'm used to being taunted by beautiful people. Do you recognize these beautiful people? She's sniffling and sobbing because she spent so many hours making these models clothes for her catwalk event. And she raises her head to you covered in tears and says, Yeah, that's, this is so weird. That's, those are three of the four kings of the prancing hippogriffs. And who are they? They're a guild in Nicomoe and also a pop idol group. Oh, yes. I think I've heard their songs like uh, Fly Me Away with Your Talons. And uh, I think that's the only song I've heard. <laughs> yeah. How did that one go? It was pretty good. Uh, uh, it, you know, da, 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 da. It goes like that a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm rather fond of I'll Slay It That Way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if they're going to be here at this convention, uh, modeling clothes in perhaps competition with you? They don't normally model clothes, but I, you know, I couldn't say maybe a fan would know. Oh, Mm. well, let me go call for security. And she leaves the room to go call for security. Uh, Sinclair, your friend knows about magic? The, The dwarven friend that we're meeting later, or we can at least. Oh, Jubilee? Yeah. Oh, I mean, her specialization is abjuration, but, I mean, she's was a tenured professor, so she's pretty experienced in all the major schools. Yes, I mean, I would, I mean, with, uh, uh well, I'm going to take some of these strips of the cloth because they seem to have something weird on them, and maybe she can help us figure out what's on them, or at least get us more information, to be honest. I'm going to take this tablet with me, put it, put it in my bag, um, and if I find who sent it to us, I'm going to um, deliver it back to them. 
Also, let me say, it's a great business card. I mean, we should kind of get this technology for the fire-breathing kittens. And, you know, they pick up and we show up with, like, thumbs up. Hey, it's us. You know, that'd be great. So PR team can be really, you know, this could help them out. That's a great oh, idea. So we shouldn't be giving them a stink eye if we embrace the whole stone tablet business card illusion? Well, I, well, I mean, I personally like it. I mean... Well, we can do both. I mean, we can still have our business card and we can still punch them in the face because they're being mean. Oh, that works. Yeah. I mean, if we're punching these kings in the face, I suppose we could take some of theirs and then, you know, write over them with our own spell, so to speak. Exactly. Uh, Kixotic Emmanuel, are you still in the room? Yeah, he is. He's uh, cleaning. All right. Uh, pardon me. Do you know anything more about these uh, kings of the prancing hippogriffs? I can't say I'm a fan myself. And then since you've asked for more, the door to the dressing room opens and an angeling man with red skin, black hair, dark eyes, and wearing a suit strides authoritatively in with joyful babette. For your breathing kittens, already on the task. Good. Rictavio Britticorn, Nikakon managerial executive. What have you found? Uh, well, oh, go ahead, Claudio. All we've found is destroyed costumes and nothing else. <laughs> I would say we found uh, quite a lot of dust everywhere, and I'm not a fan. I saw this at the zoo before, and it wasn't very good. That's true, that too. Uh, Sinclair, since they're already infected, we'll uh, pick some up and, you know, not trying to infect this business person, but hold it up so they can see it. Uh, yes, this, uh, I've encountered this once before. It's rather hazardous. Um, don't get too close. All right, noted. I'll get security on it right away. Oh man, it's in the hallway too. What is up with this stuff? So who did this to close? Uh, I don't know. Uh, first we heard of anything being wrong was, uh, Kixotic Emmanuel warning... Joyful Babette, we were sitting in the convention auditorium. Uh, he warned her that something was happening. We all rushed here and everything was already a mess. However, I do have this tablet with this uh, very taunting message on it. If you'd like to take a look. Hand it over. Here you are. <laughs> the tablet beams up a hologram, sticking out their tongue pulling their eye down, pointing their fingers at you, are a man with cardinal red hair, a man with black hair, and a woman with hair that must have been dyed maroon. It sounded like Claudio didn't trust Rictavio Brittlecorn, and then Skirmish handed over the tablets. There's some dissension in the ranks about whether or not to share the info, but alright, so he holds the tablet back from his face suddenly, as if surprised and displeased. Hmm. Sounds like someone needs to find them and, uh, Escort them out of the convention center before they cause any more trouble. I I'd like just a mook for the job. Stay here. I'll be right back. He leaves the room. Is he taking the tablet with him? Because I'd like that back. No, he hands it to you. He does All not right. want it. Okay. <laughs> we almost lost a business card uh, prototype. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, no. That's yours. He, he looks <laughs> displeased. <laughs> I will say, uh, I am a mook, and I wouldn't mind... Um, taking these folks down so if we could find them i'm uh, for that and i'm this mook's agent so uh if you do need to book us you know i can negotiate a very competitive rate 
yes, he returns to the room, I guess, because you guys are still talking to him. Oh, sorry. Um, um, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm hiring you, obviously. I'll be right back with uh, someone to help you. And then he returns. Just, all right, he returns. Shortly he returns. Following him is a five foot six inch, 140 pound human. She's wearing what you can tell is a lot of makeup. He leads her to you and says, For your breathing kittens, this is Roxanne Deng, a subject matter expert. She looks at you with the expression of someone who licked a lemon. Well, I'll leave you all to it. Find and escort them out of the convention center and there will be a reward in it for you, fire breathing kittens. He clicks his tongue, points his fingers at you, back and forth rapidly. Party, winks, and then leaves the room. Well, that seemed like a friendly chap. Uh, <laughs> hello, Miss Dang. Or Mrs. Dang, I'm not really sure. Well, anyway, Roxanne, I'm Skirmish. Um, we're with the fire-breathing kittens, and uh, we'd like to find these folks. Can you help us? Ugh. Fire-breathing kittens and their fans are morons. She mutters under her breath. Help you with hey. what? Uh, do do I perceive that whisper? Yes. All right. Uh, two. Well, roll a perception check. Oh, all right. Oh, we'll do. game mechanics. Perception. Should I have dice? I should have dice. One sec. Sure. <laughs> all right. So I got a 19 on my perception. You definitely perceive what she said. Then I will say, I will admit I am a moron. That's not... In question. But my friends here, they're pretty smart. So cut them a break. Appreciate that skirmish. I don't think you're a moron, but... Well, it, the day's early. We'll see. Okay, okay. You got a big heart, though, from what I can tell. Um, first, why so much disdain for the fire-breathing kitchen, kit, kitchens and the kittens? Uh, have we done anything to wrong you? You've done a lot of wrong to a lot of people. You're clearly the worst guild in Nikimoi, and especially when compared to the best guild. She waves her hand toward the mocking hologram. Those beautiful, perfect faces you see belong to the four kings of the prancing hippogriffs, the best guild in Nikimoi. They're famously here at Nikikon this year to make a big announcement. So, I mean, I'll see them today. At least that'll make my day good. Okay. I will give you that they are very, very attractive, okay? And, well, um, but they, they're they hiding something, I know. I know, because they seem too taunting even through a tablet with their beautiful chiseled jaws and perfectly symmetrical faces and fair complexions. But still, we need to figure out what they're up to, and, and your perception of them will be different by the end of today. That's for sure. Let me ask you a question, Roxanne. You seem bright. Um, do you think we tore up these clothes or left this tablet with these taunting faces of another guild? Do you think we're smart enough to do that? I don't know what you're up to, fire-breathing kittens, or why you're doing it, but I absolutely am going to help you find the prancing hippogriffs because I want to get this cleared up because I must see their show tonight. It's their reunion. I'm sure you all know nothing about it, but this is the first time the Four Kings have performed since... Since when, Roxy? I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> since losing Elios von Hoofenstuff, the best idol in the Prancing Hippogriffs, the heart of the Four Kings. That's who you're swooning over? 
Honey, you have terrible taste. Oh, man. Uh, how to offend a fan. Um, <laughs> okay, she's got a ranking now of who she thinks is the worst of the fire-breathing kittens. <laughs> and she goes, you have no idea what you're talking about. This is the best idol group in Nicomoy. That's a very strange way to say the word overhyped, but everyone's entitled to their opinion, even if they're wrong. Wow, just wow. I bet you couldn't go toe-to-toe with them in a dance battle if you tried. You would lose so hard. They're the best dancers. Tell you what, we're supposed to be escorting these folks out, and when you help us find them, we can have that dance-off. You guys have my back in this, right? Claudio, Skirmish, you have my back in this dance-off, right? Absolutely. You bet. Awesome. Wonderful. I mean, Skirmish, if it looks like they're winning, break their legs. I'd like to whisper to Sinclair... I'm not the best dancer, but my my endurance is quite good, so I could outdance them lengthwise, but maybe not style-wise. I mean, and if you step on their feet hard enough, they can't keep dancing. Oh, that's right. I can be creative with my dance. So what happened to this Von Hoofenstuff fellow? He left the group. Oh, it was terrible. It's like breaking up a family. Doing his own solo act. Oh. I can't believe he did. He hasn't debuted yet, though, since he left. So who do you blame for breaking up the act? Would it be the other three, or this one? It must have been something over Bam, you know. Yeah, I know how that goes. Well, I'm sorry they broke up your favorite band. Uh, And I'm sorry you you think so poorly of us. Uh, Perhaps as we go through, we can redeem uh, our organization. I really don't like disappointing folks if we can be friends at the end that would be ideal uh, although i know it's a tough hill to climb i'm sure many of my fellow guildmates may have dug quite a hole sinclair will give a sly smile and and since you seem to be so much into a uh, i guess pop groups maybe we can uh i don't know negotiate the contract later about identifying talent for the fire breathing kittens don't mark my words, but, uh, you know, maybe that's on the table. Yeah, looking at you guys, you just don't have what it takes to be a pop idol group. Sorry, I just don't think that's going to work out. That's why we need your good eye for talent. But enough of these chit-chat. We need to get to the bottom of these tatters clothes and finding out where the three deadly horsemen are, or whatever their name is. <laughs> uh, the hippogriffs, right? I was just kidding. I was making a joke. Haha, <laughs> fire everything kitted style. Let's go. <laughs> Go. Okay, and you guys are out in the hallway. Well, being their biggest fan in the convention center, I assume you know where they're set up? There has to be a reason that uh, Mr. Bittercorn pulled you aside to help us out with this. No one knows where they're set up. That's the thing. They really value their privacy, and they're only, like, available. They're only, like, gonna show up on the stage to make an announcement later tonight. Hmm. Uh, any fan theories as to what that announcement is? I mean, I've had my fair share of fans. I know how invested... Uh, I've also been a fan of some things, right? So I know how invested we can get into the uh, the lives and into, like, all of these stuff, right? So any ideas of what the announcement could be? My sources say the announcement is a new fourth member. Probably someone they've hidden in the Nika contest in a dance competition. Hmm. Yeah, good, I'm good. so excited. So- 
I so, wonder who the new members are going to be. They're probably going to be so hot. Oh my gosh. Okay, so have you seen the entrance for the new contest? Do you think do you have any guesses as who might be who's like the hottest on the contest? Let's start with that. Uh do a history check. All of <sighs> you. Because you probably know something about you're at Nikakon. You know, this big event that you're at. So you you probably know something about the Nikakon test since you're here. Sixteen. Eighteen. I got a natural twenty, but I got a negative one history, so that's a nineteen. <laughs> okay, so the Nikakon is an annual convention in Nikkeboy. The Nikakon test is kind of like a talent show at the end. Anyone can enter, but you... And the, and the top prize wins 20,000 gold. Um, it's judged by audience approval. Mm. And any anyone could show up and dance at the Nikakon test. It's like okay, thing. so there's not yeah. no like registry or anything like that, like no registration. People just show up and they perform. Yeah, and if you get booed off the stage, it's your own fault. So like, don't suck. But like, <laughs> and if you really are awesome, you get the top prize is twenty thousand gold. There's no second gotcha. prize. Okay. Bring it. Bring all your all to the Nika contest. You can do any type of show you want. There's magic shows. There's dance competitions. Some some people get a piano and sing. You know. I gotcha. Well, it's about to be brought. <laughs> All right. So let's say one oh, of us. Oh, you, sorry. I saw a nat 20 in the group. Okay. There is a famous wrestler turned PR rep who takes on a lot of celebrity clients. Hulk Harlan. Blonde hair, bulging muscles, larger than life smile, often seen signing merch for a fan. Years in the business, he has good advice for how to deal with the public. He is most likely in the shopping hall of the convention center signing merch. You could talk to him and ask if he has consulted for the Prancing Hippogriffs on the announcement that they're making tonight. Maybe he knows where they are. All right. Just so we're all on the same page, we're, we're making a boy band, right? Is that where this is going? It, it, sounds, it sounds like it. Okay. Not, not what I expected. Well, we made a promise to dance at the end, but I also, I mean, we're also investigating where to find this one too, right? Yeah. Okay, we're making a boy band, though. I'm down. Uh, I am uh, so down. Okay, I, I was going to say, I've seen Turning Red twice, so I think I'm ready. <laughs> trying to think what kind of dance would be the most, not necessarily the most artistic, but the most ostentatious. All right, well, uh, how about we go to the convention hall, look up this Hulk Harlan fella, as well as the professor and see if we can get as much help as uh, we can to find these folks. Where should we go first? Let's swing by uh, Harlan first. He would probably be able to uh, at least point us in the right direction and maybe give us some insider knowledge. And I really don't know why, but I'm, I really think we need, especially after interacting with this uh, young lady, we need to buff off our PR department. So, I mean, again, someone else to talk to about fire-breathing branding and, like, you know, the image that we have for ourselves. So, you know, just let's, let's go to him first. Yeah, we, we need to get that logo on everything. Lunchboxes, notebooks, t-shirts. Fists, shoulders, <laughs> uh, you know, tattoos everywhere. <laughs> I agree. Roxanne hears you all talking about Hulk Harlan and scoffs and rolls her eyes and is clearly judging you. I'm sorry, did we say something wrong again? 
<laughs> oh, Carlin, that old fart. He just wants you to think he's the face of the entertainment industry. He doesn't make any decisions. Just a washed up old wrestler who doesn't have a clue what's going on behind the scenes. Smiles pretty for the cameras, and that's it. He won't know where to find the prancing hippogriffs. Eh, it doesn't hurt to try. And he's also not a fan, but actually in the industry. So I think his, uh, his line of work has a little more credibility. No offense. I mean, you know, I know the fan business is very, you know, lucrative in its own way by, you know, admiration and kind of meeting stuff. But he also makes money off of this and has connections. So. <laughs> All right. Have fun. Well, I'll follow also, along for entertainment. Roxy, tell me this. These four kings, have you ever met them, interacted with them? Have you even been to a show before? Have I been to a show? Are you kidding me? I've been to all their shows. Oh my gosh. They haven't performed since Elios von Hoofenstuff left. This is like their reunion appearance, so I'm so excited. All right. But have you actually met them? Have you ever sat down with them, talked with them? No. I want to, though. Oh, that would be so well, fun. And while I certainly don't love them, I don't blame you if you like them. But Harlan... Loves his fans. He's never too busy to set aside a little time to shake their hand, you know, sign a cloak, or give them the old, Oh, yeah! <laughs> That's right, brother. Claudia I like gets that it. I have successfully made you hate this NPC. <laughs> it was the goal. I don't know how to do it, but I did it. I was like, I wonder if this will do it. <laughs> so, Roxanne... Uh, I know Rictavio was looking for a subject matter expert, uh, and then he brought us you. Uh, what's your expertise? Is it just knowing about them flying hippogriffs? Is that... <gasps> the prancing hippogriffs! And she stomps her foot. That was a test in your past. <laughs> <laughs> so is that what you know best? I know all of their information. I know their birthdays and their favorite food. Oh my gosh. What's their sign? Sagittarius and Tauros, is that one? And Libra. Oh, okay. So now we understand a little bit about their personalities. It sounds good. I've got so much insight okay. now. Yeah, now, <laughs> don't worry. I think we're getting close to understanding the, the panting unicorns now. So if you know their she names... so angry. <laughs> if you know their names... I'd, I'd like to take out my, my the tablet so the hologram or whatever, the illusion pops up. Uh, can you name these folks, these two gentlemen and the lady, if you could call them that? Oh, they're definitely gentlemen and lady. Okay, so the red-haired one, his name is Yunhyung, Yunhyung Apinelu. Oh my gosh, and he is so athletic and he works out all the time. And then, okay, so the one with the black hair, he's quiet and he listens to music with headphones on whenever he's alone. And his name, it's Mozart Sherepov. And, you know, I, Mozart's his stage name, but oh, anyway. So, and then the girl with the maroon hair, her name is Bam, and she is Mozart's sister, and they are brother-sister, and she's so smart and so pretty, and she's like the, whenever, like, they were in school, she'd always get the top scores on all the tests. She's like the valedictorian. She's so smart. She writes their songs. And what did, uh, hold on, what did Elios, what was his contribution? Was he like the... The bad boy. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so he is like an actual silver hippogriff with like an eagle head and wings and a horse body. And he is just the best singer and dancer. His footwork obviously is the best. He has four hooves, you know. And he is, oh my gosh, like he's a horse, but he's very handsome, you know, with his eagle face. He's just so majestic. So he's like the lead singer. And then those two are his backup singers. And then they play instruments. Oh my gosh, this is, she just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. He's an actual hippogriff. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why they're called the prancing hippogriffs. But that, but okay, just a quick, that has plural and he's the only hippogriff. No, they're all hippogriffs. Are you all kittens? Oh. Well, I, well, I am. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about them, but I am, so. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. If you think that Hulk Harlan is not the face of the entertainment industry, as you said. Who would you say is? I'm sure they're here. I don't know who the face of the entertainment industry is, but I will say someone that I think would know where they are. Oh. Zygor Trilbit, or Matt Stone, as he's going by right now. Definitely not his real name. I heard someone slip up and call him Zygor one time. That dude, he knows way more than he's letting on. We should ask him. I bet he knows where everyone in this entire convention center is, even you three. Well, thanks for your help. Do you want to tag along? Perhaps you'll be able to meet them, uh, hippogriffs. Oh, I'm absolutely coming with you. If this investigation ends with me meeting the prancing hippogriffs, I am so on the team, even if it's with you. <laughs> Thank you. We'll turn you. You'll be you'll like the f- uh, the kittens soon enough. <laughs> what can you tell us about this uh, Zyger person before we uh, run off? I think he's in a secret society, but I don't know. I, I think he's a spy. I meant more like what were his credentials, like his uh, performing history. Is he human? Well, I mean, I could just take you to him. Do you want to meet him? Sure. Let's... Okay. So, DM speaking now. You guys have the choice of going and visiting, you know, the shopping area. There's, um, you know that Hulk Harlan would be there signing merch. It's just who he is. And you know that Professor Jubelheim would be there because she said she has uh, booth 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could follow Roxanne to Zygor Trillbit slash Matt Stone. So whatever you guys want to do now, you can. Well, if we want to make this potentially really easy, though I'm not sure if uh, Jubelheim knows this spell that might let her be able to tell us exactly where a person of interest is. I'm not too familiar with scrying magic, but maybe she's decent at it. I'm not much of a thinker, so one of you is going to have to take the lead, and I'll just, you know, enforce whatever you need. Um, I do think, I think the most practical way is to uh, go to the professor, just because we have clearly something magical happening happening around here. Uh, If we want to talk about... I don't know, networking or anything like that. The other two might be good options. But uh, let's go Let's go to the, I would say, the marketplace, just because we can probably find two people there. All right, yeah, let's let's start with the, uh, the, the floor, the merch floor, and uh, see what we find. Worst case scenario, we, we check out this Zyger person anyways. This is going to be a waste of time, says the world's most annoying companion NPC, Roxanne. <laughs> Hush, she'll get an autograph when we're done. <laughs> so, she follows you to the shopping hall. 
The shopping hall is a glorious monument to capitalism. Shiny trinkets from your favorite everything are here to buy. You stand in front of a shop that says, Professor Jubelheins, Weapons and Garment Alterations, Add Protection for Someone You Love. A standing sign points to a meet and greet with Hulk Harlan, which conveniently is going on for the next two hours. Well, let's uh, let's start with the professor. At the very least, you know, she can tell us if she can cast a spell like that and maybe tell us if uh, our little business card's been tampered with. I mean, I, I think the these, you know, tiptoeing griffins are uh, at fault, but who Roxanne knows? Roxanne is maybe so angry. <laughs> <laughs> okay an aged dwarf woman with chestnut hair tan skin and green eyes sits behind a table covered in shirts pants and fabric paint she is currently finishing up a magic circle on a pair of jeans which glows briefly then sinks into the fabric and disappears the customer smiles and receives the clothing and professor jubelheim looks up expectantly to you and says sinclair hello hey professor it's been so long how are you doing Oh, I'm I'm doing so great now that I'm uh, no longer working for Paragardy and I became a kitten. See, check out the tattoo. Wow, that's magical. Yeah, yeah, it lets me see uh, hidden ink. Uh, listen, it, I I can't wait to catch up, but I do have, I'd say a favor, but I guess it's two. Um, first, hey, hey skirmish, can I see your uh business card real oh, fast? Sure, I like to think of it as our business card. Here you go. All right. Uh, Sinclair will show off the taunting trio. Now, I I think these are the folks we're looking for, but I just want to make sure that before I ask for favor number two, that this hasn't been tampered with. You know, maybe somebody, you know, leaving false evidence to lead us along this path. You know what I'm saying? I can definitely see why you would be curious about that. You know, your life's just been, you know, ever since that, well, you know, at Dylan Tar's Arcane Academy, it's been yeah. rough on us all. I wish I could teach there again. Maybe I will soon, you know? I hear they're rebuilding it. Oh, yeah, I, I actually uh, swung by there for a spell. Um, yeah, no, uh, reconstruction's going along pretty decently. Um, I mean, the quad's about three-quarters of the way done, it looked like. Fantastic. Not that but I don't like running this shop, but it'd be so good to teach again. So, yeah, I... Sinclair, if anyone has a right to be suspicious, it's you. I, I wish we knew what happened that day. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Yeah, but don't let it spill over into your personal life too much. Sometimes you gotta trust someone. Well, let me take a look at that tablet. There was a gesture. He handed over the tablet. <laughs> Translated well to the podcast. Okay, so uh, she receives the tablet. And she says, Yeah, this is definitely a magical tablet. It is of the Illusion School of Magic. Is that a school of magic, you guys? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so, so the Illusion School of Magic, and it is an illusion that was crafted to make these three people look like they were sticking their tongue out and pointing and pulling down their cheek and their eye at you. You wouldn't need to be these people to make it. Oh, so anybody could have made an image of them and just constructed it? They could have. Hmm. So I may not be totally within bounds to bash these people over the head with this tablet, because it may not have been them in the first place. Well, I mean, I could draw a picture of you. Could someone hit you with that picture? Yes. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I'm, I have the freedom and the free will to bash them with the tablet, but I'm just saying they may not deserve it because they may not have left the tablet. Is that correct? They might not have. Or, uh, I do have a question then. Um, could there have been a prior image that was altered into the tablet or kind of just the altered image was just imposed on the tablet, if that makes it like, is there an image history of what was on the tablet? <laughs> um, she is an incredibly powerful, like level 20 wizard. And she uses her arcane knowledge to tinker with the tablet. Like um, she flips it over and a battery case pops open. No, I'm just kidding. And she, <laughs> she gets like soldering iron like in a, a super magnifying glass and she like leans in and she says mm, there's a record of the illusions here i can see <laughs> it looks like this originally was and then she like zaps it a little bit sparks fly out she pops the back back on and turns it over and the original illusion plays it's four people on a stage performing and the incredibly attractiveness, oh man, their outfits, they're just, the lights are glittering, they look really good with this spotlight on them, it's, you're like, wow. And then uh, Roxanne goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, can I get, can I have that? You guys aren't uh, using it, right? Well, I mean, only if you can answer my follow-up question, how easy do you think it would be to mass-produce something like this that cannot be altered? This was not mass-produced. This is a limited edition 49594 release of one of the first concerts. It was in Jishope at the Jishope Convention Hall. Oh my gosh, they only sold 10 of these. Can I really want it. Sorry. Uh, you shouldn't have said yeah, how they... rare it was. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want it, of course. It's just for me. No, of course we do want it. That's, it's, this is part of an part... ongoing investigation. We can't let it go. Can I carry it? Absolutely not. I'll tell you what, though. I do have a stuffed giraffe that I'm rather fond of. I'll let you hold that. I'm good, thanks. All right. So, uh, you... <laughs> Maddie's going to pop in real fast because he's just seeing an opportunity to kick someone while they're down. Oh, hey there. You can carry me if you like. What the heck is that? <laughs> I'm the fourth band member. There is no what is is that an imp? What the I fire breathing kittens uh and she like head desks and she's like my team is losing and the only thing I'm rooting for is a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, um Professor, we'd like to find these folks. If you could help us find them, I think we could get more answers. So is there a way to apparently they're somewhere around here? We'd like to find them before they make their announcement. Is that possible? Oh, Professor Jubelheim. Correct. The dwarf professor from Dillentars. I'm an abjuration specialist, so I can get you a protection spell. I can get you a protection spell on your stuff. I can protect your... Now, I see you're not wearing a shirt. Um, Correct. I can protect your shoes. Oh. Do you want your shoes to be sure. waterproof? Yeah. Oh. Can you do that? Sure. It's very helpful. That's... I won't turn it down. I mean, that's a nice offer. She taps her shoes with her wand, and they can now no longer have water come inside them from Ooh. horizontal. They can, you can still pour water in them, but you can't. Yeah. That'll do. Thank you. That's very nice. Um, yeah, protected from water. That'll be two gold. 
All right, I hand over two gold. And she I spit on his shoe. She's like, oh, it like flies back at your face. Do a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> Special Sinclair discount, normally 20 gold. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Dex saving throw? <laughs> uh, 20. <laughs> you dodge, and it's a very crowded room, so it hits someone in the back of the head, and they just keep walking. Uh, wow, those are that's a good protection right there. All right. Sinclair, um, what do you think we should do? Well, I, 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 first of all, thank you so much, Professor. Um, I, I knew it was a little bit of a long shot since you're an abjurationist first and foremost, um, but those are some pretty slick oh. waterproof shoes now. But thank you for letting us know that this was tampered with and just how valuable this is. Uh, I actually have one more thing for the professor. Uh, I bring out some of the tattered pieces of cloth. Uh, these do seem uh, a little tampered with. I don't... Uh, magic is not my thing. So I was wondering if you could take a look at them. Yes, I can repair these. I can repair a large amount of clothes quickly using magic. Please take me to them. Oh, wait. Um, I had a persuasion check there. Whoops. You succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was the, the testing the shoes by spitting on them. I'm sure she was like, this guy, trust me. Gosh, yeah. Hakalugi <laughs> in front of a person, and that's how you get them to trust you. You learned it here. Some, some cultures. <laughs> oh, well. I, I believe the patient is this way. To the, to the tattered clothes. <laughs> she follows you to the dressing room filled with tattered clothes. Once inside, you find joyful Babette. A little bit less than joyful, sorting fabric shreds on the floor. Professor Jubelheim picks up a scrap and examines it. Hmm, this is some new kind of magic. I've never seen a spell before that not only rips the fabric, it removes something to make mending impossible. Thankfully, I've got a fabric extender spell that'll stretch it so it'll make the gap. It'll look a little bit off close up, but from a distance you'll hardly be able to tell. She waves a wand and says something you don't understand, and the clothes reassemble themselves in midair. Joyful Babette hops up and down with glee far higher than a human could. She claps her hands together and embraces you each in turn. You've saved my art show! Thank you! And gives you each 500 gold. Holy moly. Uh, Professor, do we owe you anything for saving the day? She also got 500 gold. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Here's... <laughs> Great job, Professor. <laughs> and I turn to the the fangirl, and that's another case closed by the fire-breathing kittens. Um, I mean, we still have to find uh, the culprits, but look at how happy she is. We put the joy back in Joyful Babette. I mean, can we really be bad? <laughs> Let's see how you dance and sing. How's your voice? Oh, we're working on it. Don't worry. We're, every time you... Step away to look at something else where, where, you know, I got my little, you know, getting the pitch right. You know, we're working on it as we go through this adventure. Don't worry. It's amazing, actually. With the imp, we have four-part harmony. It's true. And we won't tell you what part he sings. No. Roxy, you must know better than anyone, being such a fan of uh, the fluttering hummingbirds. Print. Sing hippogriffs. I'll get it right at some point. Don't worry. 
but you must know being such a fan of them, they can't unveil the secrets of their performance. That's the same way we are. They actually have a training video that they released on these stone tablets, you know, and I follow it every day. It's really good exercise, and it plays the music, too. It's so fun. Keeps people fit. They're actively helping society. What do you do for everything kittens? We actively help society. Right. <laughs> Save museums. Invent new investment opportunities. Slay zombies. Fund the, uh, the scouts and their cookie domination mm -hmm. of the world. Uh, I single-handedly keep breweries afloat with my copious <laughs> ale consumption. So that's... Not everybody can do that. <laughs> see, see, the, the flying uh, ferrets are only in one industry, right? The entertainment industry, which we're trying to branch into, don't get me wrong. But, you know, we're out here, you know, with high-profile security, you know, financial investments, right? We have a lot of different markets. We've done a lot of horizontal expansion, you know, and, and it's only going to grow from there, right? So, you know, it's, it's a little high-level thinking here for you, uh, but, you know, just, just a little insight. In, entertainment is our next step. Yeah, and we dance, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, now that we've solved this bit, thank you, Professor. How about we go see either Hulk Harlan or Z uh, Matt Stone, sorry. Any preferences? Uh, well, I'm, I'm down for Hulk. I, I frankly don't trust any of Roxy's recommendations as far as I can throw her. I've always... Which, I don't have your strength, Skirmish. You can throw her awfully far, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I was going to say, maybe we should get a hold of, uh, Mr. Bittercorn and have him post a guard outside this door. If the costumes have been sabotaged once, I'd rather not find out they were sabotaged again. Yeah. Oh, idea. What better security than Hulk? <laughs> I mean, he was an ex-wrestler... Right? I mean, protecting entertainment investments might seem like his way to go. I think we found our solution right now. So, I don't... Joyful Babette, how would you feel about that? I would love some security. Why would anyone sabotage us? We're just making beautiful art. I agree. I agree. Well, let's go try to convince him then. Uh, it looks... Uh, I turn over to, uh, to, to the fangirl again. Uh... <laughs> I, I have it written down. I just can't find it. Um, looks like we're going to meet Hulk. I'll get you an autograph, okay? Uh, such a waste of time. And you all go to the shopping hall again, right? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. A standing sign points to a meet and greet with Hulk Harlan, which conveniently is going on for the next two hours. Oh, the we don't have to get in line, do we? I mean, we literally just got paid. I don't mind using some of that to kind of get straight to the source. Well, is there a big line? Maybe there's not a line at all. Oh, that's true. I don't know. I heard two hours. I got scared. You follow the signs for the Hulk Harlan meet and greet and find a blonde-haired, bulging-muscled, larger-than-life smiling man using an oversized marker to sign merch for a throng of fans. He's surrounded like 360 by people. Okay. Uh, we need to get to his attention. Um, I don't mind getting on your shoulders, Skirmish. How, how do you feel about that? Not a problem. All right. Standing or sitting? I mean, either way, I'm good. I think I have good balance to be able to stand. Just, I mean, and I'm pretty tall too, so I want to really get his attention. All right. What's the, how high is the ceiling? Because I don't want to hit my head. Convention center, 100 feet. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Not even a concern. Okay. 
do a dexterity check of some kind and skirmish do a strength check of some kind can i do an acrobatics yes. i'll do athletics 22 uh 19 on the athletics check yeah skirmish kneels down claudio hops on skirmish stands up you hold his feet on your shoulders and you are definitely making an impact on everyone around you. It's like, whoa. And Hulk Harlan sees you immediately. His eyes settle on your tattoo, which I think you said was on your shoulder. Yeah. And they widen. But then he smiles again. That same brilliant smiles and welcomes you. Fire-breathing kittens. Hello, Mr. Hulk. How are you doing today? I'm great. Welcome to my meet and greet. What can I sign for you? He's talking up at you because you are standing on Skirmish's shoulders. You know, I kind of like this position. I'm sure you don't get to talk to many people, like talk up to them. So, uh, uh, yeah, this is cool. I, um, anyway, uh, so we have, well, we have a situation, right? I, I don't know if you know Joyful Babette, but, uh, uh, you know, a fellow enter- entertainer in today's uh, convention hall. And uh, she had her costumes ruined, right? Um, but fortunately... The fire-breathing kittens, as you know, as because we're so great, kind of towards <laughs> Roxanne, <clears throat> uh, we saw the we helped recover the 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 costumes, right? But now we're concerned about it happening again, and the man of your stature and your your you know, well your strength too, to be honest. Um, we would love to have you help, kind of protecting her uh, costumes. I don't know if that'd be you'd be into that. Absolutely. I'm, you know, and he takes out a business card. It says Hulk Harlan, 100 gold per hour and hands it to you. Oh, thank you. I, while I have you here, uh, Mr. Harlan, would you mind signing my belt? Absolutely. He takes out his larger than life marker and signs your belt. It's mostly like black scribble. Very little. You can see. I guess it says Hulk Harlan. Maybe. <laughs> That'll do. Thanks. Hundred gold per hour, though. That's a little pricey. Um, well, that depends, actually. How how far away is the talent show? Time wise or distance? Time wise, I think time. Yeah. Uh, oh. it is two hours from now. I don't know. <laughs> sure, oh. it's coming up. I think. I mean, I think two hours. I'm willing to make that investment. I mean. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Honestly, it'd be like Joyful Babette is paying for this, really. Okay. I don't mind paying. That's it's fine. Yeah. And honestly, like the more fan like if you want to bring the fans here as well, that's dozens of witnesses. That's more eyes. Yeah. I'd say this is an excellent investment. Yeah. Okay. Uh Mr. Hulk. I mean, we're we're we're, we're okay with the price. Uh, we'd like to hire you for the uh, service that we just, you know, talked about. Getting you to protect uh, Joyful Babette's costumes. Um, so, you know, how would you want to do the payment? You know, some up front and the rest later. Yeah, pay me up front. I'll go where you want. How All much right. gold do you hand Hulk Carlin? I'll, I'll just hand it to him. I'll do the nego- I'll do it for now, friends. I'll put it on your tabs later. <clears throat> All right. Hey. Hand him 200 gold. Nice. He takes his giant oversized marker and he writes on the meet and greet sign, moved to hallway. <laughs> and then he goes and stands there with all of his fans signing their stuff. Let's go. That's not a fire hazard at all. <laughs> hey, b- 
Before you go, uh, sir, I got a question. So, do you know much about the uh, four kings of the prancing hippogriff? He, like, do an insight check. All right. Mm, nice. Uh, not very good at that. And it shows. Uh, I got a two. <laughs> You're looking at his arm muscles. <laughs> ah, I'm a bit jealous. I've got to figure out his diet and workout regimen. Oh, yeah. I eat three chicken breasts for breakfast, and then I do 30 push-ups, and then I go for a jog. Got to wake up right, you know? And then I... And he's going to tell you. And at the end, you've counted 15 chicken breasts. I'm taking copious notes. Just like, oh, okay, yeah, good, good. Yeah, this is exactly what I need. On Saturday, I ate an entire large pizza. Pizza. Not familiar with that. I'll have to I'll have to look into a pizza. Thanks, sir. Wait. Hulk, I'm trying to bulk up too. Was that a meat lovers for the protein? Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so um he got out of the the question a little cleanly <laughs> and is now signing stuff in the hallway. See Roxy, that's how someone should treat their fans. Always happy to meet and greet, always happy to rub elbows, always happy to help them out at a nominal fee that isn't too overpriced. <laughs> Roxy goes, Well, you'll see at their show tonight why they're better. All these promises, you'll see, we'll see. Listen, when it gets to the dance-off, that's when we'll really see, okay? So, I'm not holding my breath. I feel like a person who is a Star Wars fan tried to convince a Trekkie that Star Wars is better. Hey, that was part of the design for the show. <laughs> oh. I was like, I'm doing a convention. It's going to be like one of the Star Trek Star Wars conventions. But for Nikamoy, Nika Khan. So should we go see this Matt Stone fella then? Get some info on the, the hippogriffs. Or should we look into costumes also? I mean, I see a lot of folks around here dressed up, and it looks fun. I, I, I mean, we can probably get you a shirt later, but, uh, I mean, that's already a costume, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if we want to participate, we also need to figure out who's who. Like, there's always a bad boy, there's always a, you know, shy one. I don't know the other tropes that need to be filled. Oh, here is when Roxy shines. She's like, I can give you a makeover. Okay, so you you would be the mascot, and she turns to Claudio. And you would definitely be the cute one. And then you, and she turns to Sinclair. Mm, I'm sensing, like, uh, I don't know, like, you're the fashion one. You know, you've got the underline with, like, your hair is under blue on the underside, right? And then it's, like, mm -hmm. black on top. Yeah. So you would definitely get, like, like lighten your face a little bit and put some dark makeup on it and then you do this on your eyes mm -hmm. and then we give you like an earring with a cross on it but just in one ear yeah like dangling and then you you would be the strong one so you'd have to do definitely like some jumping part in your dance routine like you maybe a flip yeah can do <laughs> maddie pops it again and hey, what about no. me huh what? <laughs> <laughs> definitely behind the scenes okay so you're doing lighting <laughs> You know, normal people don't like imps, you know, Sinclair? <laughs> What's, who said he's an imp? This is my dear cousin, Matty. He is a gnome that just happens to have a condition that affects his skin color. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were an imp. Oh my god. Okay. All right. I have no prejudice against dis- disabled people. I guess. Um. Yeah. So we would put you on lighting control. You'd have to wear spotlights. So when people come to the and she's going to talk all about pop star stage lighting with Maddie. Oof. But like she occasionally sideways glances at Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> And like that, Roxy may have gotten on Sinclair's good side by complimenting their fashion sense. <laughs> oh no, now you like her. <laughs> Plus one. She's an unlikable NPC. <laughs> but she hit the right button. Oh, she called you the fashionable one. I mean, you gotta be, you gotta stand in the middle, you know, because you're the fashionable one. Yeah. <laughs> she called me the strong one. That's like saying fire's hot. So. <laughs> She leads you all to a hot dog stand. You are in line behind four people to buy a hot dog. You wait. I'm looking at the menu. It says hot dog, one gold. Okay. But uh, this one's on me, guys. I mean, uh, I mean, you already paid for Hulk. Oh, you're you're in a really long line. So, like, you can see from a distance, the sign says hot dog, one gold, really big. But like, there's oh. a big line. Yeah. Okay. Wow. People really like hot dogs. Is this the, just a regular regular line or the Matt Stone line? This is to see Matt Stone. Just be patient. Uh. Jeez. Ugh. The line shuffles forward. There are now three people in front of you. Oh, that was fast. It's all right. Well, I'm going to get mine in the Nicomoy style with the, the pickle and the celery salt and, you know, the hot peppers. and mm, I can already taste it. Sounds good. There are three people in front of you in line. What do these three people look like? An elf, a dragonoid person, what are they called? Dragonborn, and a goo person. Goo person. They made all walk into a hot dog stand. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to chat them up and ask them, uh, so have you heard about that announcement that the hippogriffs are, are going to do? Make a persuasion check. The goo person is the one who's in front of you. Uh, modified 20. Yeah, I, I don't know what it's going to be. It's their first time performing since Elios van Hoofen stuff left. He was my favorite. And then Roxanne, like, smiles. She's like, oh my god, he was my favorite too. Um, I don't know who to follow. He's going to go on a solo career now. And unfortunately, skirmish. These are not their talking, prancing hippogriff stuff. Like, what's their favorite song? And how are they going to perform this without their lead singer? I, as as this goes on, I want to turn to Sinclair and like fake, like kind of match their energy. So tell me about these hot dogs, like what the Nicomoy style. Like how is it? Like I would love to enjoy some of it, right? I, I there's like a you know Tabaxi style that I really like, but tell me about what you enjoy about the Nicomoy style. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Uh, Claudio, <laughs> listen. Okay, so you have to ask for the pickle. It has to be underneath the dog, and then you know, do not skimp on the ketchup. Do not skip on the mustard. Just you, okay. There's. There should be no empty space within that bun, but tell me, what's this Tabasco? I can't wait to hear what the Tabasco style is. And, and, and uh, how's our energy going versus the two fangirls? Yeah, yeah, are, are we out-fan-boying like, the uh, girls when it comes to our dogs? They have noticed that you're mocking them. <laughs> <laughs> the line shuffles forward. And a red and yellow striped uniform-wearing halfling with brown hair, light skin, and green eyes stands behind the counter on a step stool. Hot dog? Oh. 
he starts to say, then sees the caked makeup face of Roxanne. He sighs. Oh, gosh. She leans in and whispers, Zygor! He blanches and holds a finger up to his mouth. Shh! Gosh, knock it off! He straightens and points to his name tag, which says, Matt. What do you want? She leans back, a smug, satisfied smile on her face. I know you know where the prancing hippogriffs are, Matt. His eyes narrow and he looks annoyed. Not again, you fangirl. I'm not helping you, stalker. She raises her eyebrows in supplication. It's not for me. It's for them. She turns towards you three and gestures. The fire-breathing kittens. The halfling raises an eyebrow at you. Uh, pardon me, uh, Matt. Haven't we met before? You look familiar. Didn't we meet, you know, I was helping you look for your dog? <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Matt. Yes, Matt. D um, what, can we... And you are... Oh, sorry, we've never met before. My name is Skirmish. I'm with a group called the Fire Breathing Kittens. Uh, can I get three hot dogs and then whatever these guys want? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I forgot that I'm feeding a Goliath's appetite. What have I done? Spent a lot of money at a hot dog stand. There's always money in the hot dog stand. <laughs> he starts to prepare three hot dogs, looking at you suspiciously with his eyebrow raised. <coughs> and you? Just one, Nicomoy style. Everything? Oh, every of course everything. He puts the pickle on top of the hot dog. <gasps> I won't say anything because he's an artist. He has his own interpretation. I'm sure it'll taste just as good. He seems like he does not care about hot dogs at all and doesn't even know what Nicomoy style is and just puts everything on top of the hot dog. I, I see this and I say, oh, Sinclair, you went with the tabaxi style. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, one hot dog for me, Nicomoy style, but with the pickle under the hot dog, right in between the bun. I've heard it makes a, an incredible difference. He prepares it as you direct him to, because you're giving him directions, not because he's trained in hot dog making. So what brings a hot dog cart like this to Nikakon? Uh, just selling hot dogs. Just doing my job. Perfect. So, um, I have a proposition for you. Um, can we talk in private? I need to cater a big party. I need help providing hot dogs. Wink. The wink was my eye, not me saying wink. <laughs> Do a persuasion check. Is he a dwarf? He's a halfling. Oh, never mind then. Uh, uh, a nine. The halfling takes a big breath, then sighs. There are people behind you. Pay for your hot dogs, then get back in line and we'll talk in a few. How many hot dogs do you have left? 6,000 hot dogs. That's quite a cart. <laughs> I'm in a convention center. Right. I, I store the others in the kitchen. I was going to do a bowler move and buy all your hot dogs. I don't, I don't, I, oh, I don't yeah. have that much money though. I'm so sorry. Oh, lame. Well, have fewer hot dogs next time, but and I'll be uh, be able to do that. <laughs> to be fair, you hear his level of commitment and the young girl. But we'll talk again. We'll we'll talk soon after we get some more hot dogs. 
So I'm stuffing the hot dog in my face, and it's like, Sinclair, go ahead and pay the man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, here you go, Matt. Wink. I say and don't actually wink. <laughs> <laughs> he accepts your gold, and you guys are shuffled out of line. You've got hot dogs. Hey, so, so how do you like your hot dogs, Sinclair? Mm. It, you know, it's not bad. It just... It's not doesn't have that nice, you know, kind of give and then crunch in the middle. Mm. But you know, I, I was getting hungry. But you know, Roxy, I think you're kind of full of crap. Matt was not helpful. Couldn't <laughs> even make a right dog. You guys just aren't charismatic. Well, I mean, I wanted to give my man skirmish a try just because I think I used all my charisma on Hulk. You know, so maybe I'll give it a shot this time. I was distracted by the hot dogs. Sorry. <laughs> All right, fire-breathing kittens, if you have it in you. Well, yeah, I mean, these hot dogs are definitely in our systems now, so. <laughs> Is that what you were referring to? She seems like she's, uh, how do I phrase this? She doesn't have a lot of faith in the fire-breathing kitten model. Yet. Yeah. Listen, we, we, we take more action than we do talking, to be honest. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, I'd like to go back up to the cart and pick it up over my head and say, look, we need to talk to you right now. <laughs> Make an intimidation check. <laughs> That's an eight. <laughs> I mean, he's not intimidated. So what does that look like? He, he notices that both of your hands are occupied, climbs up you, and continues selling hot dogs. All right. Well, then what I would like to do is I have uh, winged boots. I would like to oh, activate no. my boots and start flying up while carrying this hot dog cart and this man and say, I don't know if you heard me. Ah, we're flying. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> okay, how... okay, okay, put it down. I get it, I get it. Make an intimidation check with advantage. Right. Uh, hold on. You are really blowing my cover. Okay, 22. Thank goodness for, ad for advantage. As you set down the hot dog stand and land, he says, You didn't hear this from me. Locker room 4A, rented under the name The Deep Ooze. Now get out of here. Um, and also, make a perception check, people who weren't holding hot dog stands. Dirty one. <laughs> There's uh, a flying hot dog stand. <laughs> ten. Yeah, all right. When the hot dog stand was lifted, a tabby kitten was curled up sleeping underneath it that then scatters away. My brother. Yeah. Oh, did I see oh, all I saw did I see where it went? Mm, far, far away in the convention center. Okay. But you could say it was startled by the flying hot dog stand. Definitely. Yep. Didn't expect that out of its day. Well, Hey, you know, Skirmish, if you want more hot dogs, I was happy to get you more. You didn't need to, you know, strong-arm the guy and try and take the whole... Mm. Okay, I take it back. Tabaxi style is pretty good. <laughs> so, okay, now that my mouth is no longer full... Uh, yeah, Skirmish, you, you didn't need to scare the poor fellow. You could have just, you know, waited in line for another three minutes. I could, uh, <laughs> but sometimes uh, waiting isn't worth it, and we're, we're a team of action, right? That's what uh, Claudio said. And so, just wanted to act. Oh, hey, by the way, while I was up in mid-air talking to our friend Matt, uh, he was, I'd like to whisper this to the, the party. Hey, 
uh, get away, Roxanne. I got to tell a secret. So uh, he told me <laughs> locker room 4A uh, under the name Deep Ooze. So we should find out where this locker room is and then uh, see what's there. I'd like to give an additional uh, five gold to Matt as a tip and say, Thanks, now get out of here. I do a salute, to, like two fingers, like, got it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> so- sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, and maybe on the way, I'll keep an eye out for some costumes that I think might suit you. You know, since, you know, I, you you mentioned it. I'll, I'll you know, I'll right. help you out. No sense in uh, letting everybody else have the fun. It's true. And as they head away from the hot dog stand, considering their options, we were joined today by Skirmish. I just ate three hot dogs and picked up a hot dog cart. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. (laughs) Sinclair. What should our theme be? Gold, orange, fire engulfed clothing? We'll get a palette figured out. And Claudio. Okay. Would Skirmish be a good pirate, or a holy priest, or an angel? I don't know. I really don't know. And, uh, let's not forget to, uh, give us a five-star review, right? And if you leave us a review with some words on it, we'll read those words out, um, next time, right? So definitely look at Fire Breathing Kittens. I mean, you know where to find us. And, uh, leave a, a nice, great review about how much fun you're having. Bye! See you later. Bye. See you soon, folks. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love. So go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Today we are joined again by Sinclair. Hello! Skirmish. Hello there. And Claudio. That hot dog shirt hit the spot. Everyone roll a d20. I've written down a number from a dice that I rolled. 17. 3. 6. Okay, I'm holding up the number. It is a 4. All right. All right. Who's the closest to the number? It's not me. I'm the unlucky soul. 
Can you tell us what happened last time on Fire Breathing Kittens? Last time on Fire Breathing Kittens, our adventures... Okay, I'm going to stop doing that now. <laughs> All right. Well, we are at Nikakon, and we are just so excited to be here. We were hanging out with Joyfell Babette, a canvas artist who has an exhibition in about two weeks' time, and she was also going to be unveiling a new fashion line at the talent show in about two hours' time. Unfortunately, there was sabotage. Someone came in and just absolutely ruined the pieces that she and her assistant, Krikastot Emmanuel, had been working away for weeks on. But, fortunately, we were here to take on the case. After trying to gather some clues, we fell flat on our faces, honestly. And... I uh, have been exposed to some rather strange glowing dust. I'm sure nothing bad could possibly come from that. So, we met with a Mr. Rectasio Bichicorn, and he assigned us an individual named Roxy to help us with his investigation. And some of the clues we unveiled suggest that... Ah, there's the name. I'm sorry, I was calling them so many wrong names I forgot where I put the real one. But the four kings of the Prancing Hippogriffs, an idol group and guild here in Nicomoy. There is Mozart, a Sagittarius, with black hair. Yung Yung, a Taurus, with red hair. And Bam, a Libra, with maroon hair. The three of them are actually Hippogriffs. Now, there was a fourth member, but he has not been seen for quite some time. But the evidence seems to suggest that they're behind the sabotage. We met with an old acquaintance of mine, Jubelhein. She was able to repair the uh, afflicted clothing. And then we met with the man, the myth, the legend himself. Hulk Harlan. Skirmish got uh, his belt autographed. And we hired him to act as security for about two hours in front of the recently repaired clothing. We figured between his brawn and the throngs of fans, nobody should be able to get into there without someone noticing. We then met with someone going by the name of Matt. He doesn't know how to make a Nicomoy-style dog, but apparently he knows where the uh, prancing hippogriffs might be hiding out here in the con hall. So now we're intending on moseying on down and asking a few friendly questions. And I believe that's everything. Excellent. Thank you. So what are you guys up to? Out of character, I just wanted to say when he was saying the um, the sign of each of the folks in the group, there's a song called Float On by the Floaters. If you have not heard it, you should hear it, and it just totally brought that to mind. All right. Back in character. All right. So what are you guys up to? Well, I'm all about finding Locker Room 4A. Uh, under the name of Deep Ooze. I'd like to find out what is there. Sinclair is following Skirmish's lead, and they're also trying to come up with uh, lyrics and costumes for everyone for the talent contest so that we can make that quick 20,000 gold. <laughs> quick. <laughs> and yeah, I'm still... Uh, Claudio's still looking for a, a costume for Skirmish because he, he mentioned, you know, he was interested and I'm figuring out what would best match his uh, style. 
Okay, so tell me where you're going and whether or not you're trying to ditch your, uh, what is that called? Fourth wheel? Yeah, your fourth wheel. Mm. Well, do we know where the locker rooms are? Roll a history check. Could I make mine investigation if I'm trying to find a, a map or a brochure of the con area? Yes, you can. I got a six. I have a 21. History. I have a two. With a six and a two, you've never been in locker room 4A before. No. But with Sinclair's search for a map, it's there on the map. That's oh, why he's hey, the, hey guys. the leader. Uh, it, it, it's right here between, uh, let's see, what what is this? Uh, Bon Co and Dai Animation? Right right between there, there's the locker rooms. Ah, and here I was trying to think of uh, the layout of a place I've never been to. Good idea with the map, honestly. I was just furiously opening doors and looking in. Is this it? Is this it? That was not very successful. <laughs> Did you find yeah, any hippogriffs? Uh, I don't believe so. DM, did I find any hippogriffs in my random searching? No. I rolled the dice. I looked at the number. You did find a centaur. Oh. I, I hope I was polite. No, I'd rather scratch that. I was polite. Hello. <laughs> they Sorry. kick the door closed with their back hooves. That makes sense. I should have knocked. So to the locker room then. Yes, let's uh, go. Yeah. It's right this way. Following Sinclair, you make your way through the hallways, departing the crowded, wide, common hallways and entering less brightly lit, narrower spaces. This area is much less frequented. There's grime in the corner, and the door's label is written on simple parchment attached with a bit of temporary adhesive. It says Deep Ooze, and I'd like to know... So Roxanne is with you, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. At any no, point. No, we haven't. Right. Yep. But you know what we right. did ditch? We ditched, we ditched the con funk now that we're off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She looks expectantly at the door and is like, oh my gosh, if they're behind there, I've wanted to meet them for so long. I, I mean, does this look kind of like the type of dressing room that they would use? Looks a little shady. No one shady. knows. Oh. No one knows what types of dressing rooms they use because they're very private. So learning my lesson from the centaur, I'm going to go ahead and knock on this door. Skirmish knocks on the door. A voice calls out, Go away! Uh, pardon me, security. Uh, there may have been something terrible that necessitates us coming in right away. There, oh, and I'm going to jump in here and kind of support that and say, eh, yeah, there's been a few... Uh, lockers and dressing rooms kind of ramshackled lately and we're kind of making sure that everyone's belongings are okay for tonight's event so uh you know just let us make sure everything else is nice and tidy okay you hear like a walkie-talkie like and then you hear someone say hey security are you going to the locker rooms right now and security says like faintly faintly but you can hear it through the walkie-talkie like nope and then the person says oh gosh it's one of them okay thanks bye I would like to burst through the door. <laughs> Everybody, roll initiative. This is going to be great. Oh, I have advantage. That's fantastic. 
I got a 15. 19. I got a 9. What was Sinclair's? A 19. Okay. As Skirmish bursts through the door, you guys, they were not surprised because you knocked on it, so you did not get a surprise round. Inside, you find three people that were muttering to one another, like heads hunched together. They are incredibly star-level attractive. There is a red-haired athletic guy, a black-haired guy who's listening to the other two, seems quiet, and then there's a woman with maroon hair, and now that you're seeing it in person, her eyes are kind of like a dark brown maroon, too. She's really cool. Probably not human. You don't know what's going on there. They're all, like, way too pretty to be people that are just, like, normal people. Like, Mm. anyway. They're talking together, and they look at you, and... They startle, like they jump a little bit, but then the red-haired guy kind of shoves the other two behind him and runs for you, Skirmish, and is going to do trained for this. Um, And the best defense. The best defense is a melee attack with a range of five feet, one target. So this is a very narrow dressing room. Like, there's no... You guys, your movement speed doesn't matter in here. You know, it's a tiny room. And he runs for you, and he gets an 18 to hit. Does that hit you, Skirmish? With one fist? Uh, Indeed it does. Yes. And with the second fist, does a 16 hit you? Uh, Well, so here's the thing. My armor class is 17, but only when I got my shield on. And I didn't really have it on, so I'd say it does hit me. Oh, okay. So you take first 18 damage and then 20 damage. As he punches you twice in the face. I would like... Wow. All right. Well, I've got um, a feature that says... uh, Hold on. What is it called? One moment. Called Stone's Endurance. And as a reaction, I can reduce the damage dealt to me by 1d12 plus 4. I would like to do that for that second attack. So the first one was how much now? 18. 18. And then... 1d12. So 8 plus 4 is 12. So an 8 damage then. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you take less damage from the second one. Got it. Um. And now I'm very unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so are they. And now that Mozart and Bam are standing together, Mozart takes a deep breath and takes everything from the inside. It's a spell attack, and it extends a 120-foot cone that is 50 feet wide at the end and 25 feet wide at a distance of 60 feet. You guys were all standing in front of the door, so this hits all three of you. Wow, that's okay. Does it also hit Roxanne? It also hits Roxanne. Oh, no. Yeah, and that is a 19 to hit, and it does 28 thunder damage. Good grief. To, To all of us? And he goes, like, yeah, like a singing note... If you guys have seen any singing style attacking, like, Marvel heroes or X-Men or etc. He sings a note that is both beautiful and incredibly painful. I'm just picturing that one guy for my hero. Yeah. So when he does sing, it's loud. <laughs> and then it's Bam's turn. Bam is going to just look at you guys thinking. Sinclair, you're up. That was 19 damage I just took, right? Uh, if it was against, from Mozart, it was 28 thunder damage. I liked the number 19 better. (laughs) (laughs) So did I. (laughs) Um, uh, all right. 
Listen, we're not crazy fans, all right? We're not even fans. We literally just want to talk. We were sent here by, uh, Rictacchio Bittercorn. I- I'm-, I'm really sorry for the ruse, okay? We literally just want to talk. Please do not hit that high C again. I don't think my eardrums can take it. <laughs> um, and I will hold an action to cast Banishment on the next person that tries to be hostile. No I'm t- hoping this de-escalates things. Nice. De-escalation. Skirmish, it's your turn. <sighs> well, gonna I was going to... banished by Sinclair? I was... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I was going to just ask for an autograph from my friend, Roxanne. But now, after receiving two fists and uh, a spell in my face, I'm not very happy. So, I think I can... Uh, I'm going to put on my shield, number one. And I think that's all I can do for a free action. Can kind of get my weapon, but um, let's see. I would. <laughs> it's a bonus action. I'd like to rage, because I'm very upset, and this is uh, not gonna go well. And so, Mister, uh, punch me in the face. I'm gonna punch him back in the face, because I I don't like that. That's not the way to greet a fan at all. <laughs> okay, what's your to hit? Uh, let's see. Hold on. Uh, it is uh, unnatural 20. Modify 20. That hits. Yeah. All right. You punch him right back in the face. A star's face. You punch Yoon Hyung's face. Yeah. Five, five bludgeoning damage for that. Sinclair, your reaction goes off. <sighs> Dang, nabbit. Skirmish. <laughs> You're going on a timeout. <laughs> so are you hitting me with your spell? You're not targeting to well, them. That's how reactions in D&D work. The next hostile action creature is how he phrased it. Well, or that's unfortunate. Oh, Africa, well, and- I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I have to back up. Before I do that, because I raged, I get a plus two uh, to damage. So that's a seven damage. <laughs> and because I'm a path of the wild magic, something crazy happens. And I go to find out what that is. I do a wild search. And I got to roll a d8. A four is what I rolled, which means uh, magic infuses one weapon of my choice that I'm holding, which is, I guess, my fist at this point. Until my rage ends, the weapon's damage type changes to force, and it gains the light and throne properties, which I don't think I can throw my fist. With a you normal said, range though. of 20 feet and a long range of 60 feet. The weapon leaves my hand, which it won't because it is my hand, the weapon reappears in my hand at the end of the current turn. Well, I wish it was something else, but that's all right. Well, there we go. Seven damage in his face. Force and damage. And then Sinclair's banishment goes off. Boom. So, um, I'm going to assume this is not Skirmish's strong suit. Skirmish, could you give me a charisma saving throw? Oh, nope. Not my strong suit at all. I got a four. All right. Well... As you're native to this plane of existence, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> cool. You go to a lovely little pocket dimension. It's very peaceful there. For oh. one minute. Then you come back. Oh, lovely. One minute. That's a, that's a lot of turns. <laughs> <laughs> As you pop out of existence, Roxanne simultaneously looks shocked and says, Ah, you can't hurt them. They're beautiful faces. 
and she runs over to join the prancing hippogriffs, opposing you. Wait a minute. Wasn't she hit? I mean, I'm in a different dimension, mind you. But wasn't she hit by the force of the spell? You said she was hit. Isn't she knocked yeah. out or something? And doesn't she no. hate them for, for doing that spell against her? Uh, well, she was like the fourth person in line, so she doesn't take it personally. <sighs> of course not. Well, I'm just in my yeah. pocket dimension. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> well, she ran right past you guys because you're friendly to her. And right up to them and turned her back to them and is facing you. Bam looks Don't surprised. worry, the, the little pocket dimension does come with a fully stocked wet bar. <laughs> that, and that's what I'm doing then. I think my <laughs> rage is going to end because I'm going to be <laughs> down in a few ales. Claudio, it's your turn. So far, you've uh, your friend got punched in the face by a pop star. Your other friend teleported them to a pocket dimension. <laughs> and the... Extreme Prancing Hippogriffs fan gets the chance to defend them, which I'm sure she's loving, because you will not be punching their faces again if she can help it. And she's reaching for her left forearm. Uh, okay, look, see, what he did was not okay, right? So he put him in timeout. Uh, he will be back once he understands the gravity of his actions, right? It was not okay to barge in. But we would love to find out what happened to Joyful Babette's costumes, because, oh, darn it. There was a tablet left with all of you making silly faces that lead us to believe that you messed up her, uh, you know, costumes. But again, if we want to settle this in any way, shape, or form, I, nor Sinclair, my friend here, believe violence is the way, but instead the dance floor, right? So we do not want any weapons, any more magic happening. Uh, and that, you know, we just want to get to the bottom of the destroyed costumes and settle any disagreements we have between each other on the dance floor. What do you say? Bam, Yunhyung, and Mozart whisper at one another uh, that isn't an opportunity attack because there's no skirmish to leave the area of as Yunhyung walks back to them. They discuss it briefly and then turn to face you and Bam is the one who opens her mouth and says, Challenge accepted. And she snaps her fingers and everyone is teleported to their private dance room, which is a light wooden floor, four walls, no door, a glass wall, and one of those like ballet mid-height in the wall balance beam bars. Yeah. Just us two? Oh, all of you. Um, even Skirmish, who was in the pocket dimension. Your pocket dimension is now tied to this place, so if you pop back out, like she brought the pocket. Okay. She can teleport anything, object, or creature on the field at instant speed. It's also it's also a concentration, so you can, like, end the spell, and Skirmish will yeah, be back. I, I, I was going to say, I, I'll, I'll drop it if she's cool with me, like, having two seconds to bring my friend back, so that we're at least even teams. <laughs> so I reappear with uh, a giant mug of ale, like, mid-drink, like, oh, I'm back. <laughs> All right. All right, Skirmish, dance off, not punch off. You might want to finish that. Well, that... No, all right. I was going to say, well, that guy got two hits in my face. I only got one to him. So we're not even, but I will trust you. Well, we don't know if we trust you yet. Your dance-off isn't against us. It's against her. And they turn to Roxanne, and they're like, if you can beat this random fan, then we appreciate how you defended us. Represent us here. See if you do a good job. So it's now you versus Roxanne, the dance-off. 
And you notice that Roxanne did not pass out when she got hit. She got some stats. <laughs> Roxanne, I know we've had our differences, but I did help defend your favorite band. And to be fair, it- we got you to meet them right now. I mean, you know, you have the opportunity to even <laughs> dance for them. Again, just remember the kind of things the fire-breathing kittens do. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind while we're dancing. Roxanne's not paying any attention to you and is looking at the prancing hippographs with love in her eyes and she touches her left arm. She didn't even hear anything you said. You've been completely ignored. And she goes, it would be such an honor to dance for you. She touches her left arm and she's got a bunch of makeup on, even on her arm. She's got lines drawn up and down her arms with contour and lip liner. They look like tattoos. They become visible when she's touching them. On her left arm, there's a star with a dot inside each point. Below it is a blade whose hilt is a tulip. When her right arm gets close to her left arm, the eyeliner becomes visible and glows with an inner line of green. She points her finger at a target to release the spell stored there. She touches the star with a dot, and all of you regain 10 hit points. Ooh, thank thank you. Thanks, Roxy. She didn't notice she healed you. She just did a mass heal that included all of the people she loves most and herself. She's like, oh yeah, you guys too. Okay, so we're dancing. Oh, it's going to be so easy. These are the fire-breathing kittens, you know. I'm not a hurt. <laughs> Prepare to be surprised. All right, and for this dancing competition, here are the rules. You each get one chance. That's it. And if you do something impressive, you have to roll, and your ability will say how impressive it is. I'm using the same DC from earlier when you did a skill challenge because i know that's statted for you to mostly not succeed at this level so good luck describe what you're doing tell me your moves if you know uh real dance moves like if you know k-pop dance moves and can name them you can get advantage on your roll okay go ahead well i'm gonna let you go first because i'm still finishing my ale i need a little bit of fuel before i go Eh, I guess it's between you and me, Scar- I mean, uh, Sinclair. Uh, well, DM, can I blow a spell slot for advantage? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I'm going to do is I am going to try and persuade Roxy that even though she and I have different opinions about music and fandoms, that we can all get along and do a lovely little interpretive number that involves contorting the body. And I'm not even going to bring Maddie out for this one, just to show how honest and sincere I'm being. Maddie is staying hidden. And uh, it will. I will transfer... Uh, I have a warlock ability now that allows me and Malachi to kind of fuse, so I literally become a raven. You know, turning into one and coming out of it. So it's very beautiful and feathery and... Please, by the gods, let this be a good roll. Okay, I'm going to turn my camera towards this because this was a 1 in 400 chance. Not sure how well you two, everyone can see that. That's two 20s. <laughs> oh, wow! Okay, okay. <laughs> nice. With a plus 7, that's 27. <laughs> Alright. They're impressed. They're like, wow... Fire-breathing kittens got moves. Claudio? Okay. Uh, okay. 
Um, so I'm gonna pull out my my top three favorite daggers, right? And uh, I'm just gonna like, well, uh, what what was the rule about spell slots to help with? You can expend a spell slot to roll with advantage. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna do that too. Um, so I'm gonna kind of just be super acrobatic, like doing back, like kind of like break dancing, but with a little bit of like an edge because I'm t- like trying to juggle daggers at the same time. My tail's kind of juggling one as I'm like twisting on the floor and kind of you know doing like a couple of backflips here and there. Um, and uh, okay, the roll ends up being. Uh, what's the, what are we using? Can I use acrobatics? A skill of your choice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 22. Mm. I mean, it's hard to follow what Sinclair did, really. Yeah. Skirmish? <laughs> All right. So before I begin, I put my mug down. Uh, I, I give a satisfied, ah, because it was very good. And then, uh, I would like to touch Sinclair and I've got a property called uh, Bolstering Magic. And so I'm allowed to touch a creature and uh, confer the benefit of uh, having him regain a spell slot. So just boom, he's got his spell slot back. I can do that three times per long rest. So I'll catch you next time, uh, Claudio. Now for the dance. Uh, what to do? And um, as a player... I've seen this move. I don't know how to describe it, but it's kind of like a you're rolling your body like a you kind of wow. I don't I don't know how to. <laughs> I'm I'm moving for the camera and the listening audience at home kind of see it, but it's like head first and then all the way down. Shapa, you roll, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, hopefully for advantage because I like to um, do first a roll and then I'm gonna jump up into a handstand, do a one-handed spin on one hand, and then push up into the air, activating my boots, flipping four times, and then landing in a split. So that's my dance move. <laughs> okay, Does roll. That, do I get advantage for that? Um, we'll see if it's good or bad. Like, let's see your roll and see if, because splits can go either way. <laughs> oh, that's true. All right, so I'm going to use athletics for that because there was a lot of pushing and moving. That was a 14. I really would like advantage if that's all right. <laughs> okay, roll with advantage. Oh, I'm rolling again, and it didn't help. We'll just stick with 14. All right. Ooh, so it's really up to the judges. They look at your competition. All right. Now, you yeah. guys gave it a really, you know... It started out the strongest, shall we say. <laughs> so, Roxanne Deng looks at her favorite idols. And she, you know, honors them with knowledge of the field. She starts off with the hip move from Taman's move. I'm going to reference real K-pop songs in this following bit. <laughs> she then subtly transitions into Sunmi's finger gun from Gashina. She steps towards them doing the shoulder dance from ITZY's Wannabe and finishes it off with crazy splits from NCT 127's Cherry Bomb. And her knowledge of the field and the fact that she knows all these dance moves and like she genuinely likes them and what they do means that she also rolls with advantage. (laughs) Which is good because um, 
Now, it doesn't beat a 27, but I think a 23 is pretty solid. And so although you win, the prancing hippogriffs are standing and applauding both of you. Good job. I take a bow respectfully. <laughs> You're the one that they're like, mm-hmm. That's <laughs> fine. I did it more you, for me. You didn't pull anything there, did you, Skirmish? That looked painful. We'll talk later. <laughs> he says in a slightly higher-pitched voice. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> it's okay, the pocket dimension has eyes too. <laughs> and then Bam snaps her fingers with her ability location is everything and teleports all of you back to their dressing room. So I would like to um, collect myself first of all after that split. And then... <laughs> <coughs> sorry. Um... Quick question for you three. I found this tablet. Do you know anything about it? And I show them the tablet with their funny faces on it. What's going on here? Says Bam. Oh, by the way, Mozart will not talk unless, like, he's the cool silent one. (laughs) Yoon-Hyun will talk, though. So so Yoon-Hyun is like, is that our faces? Well, it looks like you, doesn't it? Did you make this? I mean, good job. You must be good at magic. Uh, Do you want me to sign it? And then he gets a giant marker, just like Hulk. Well, I will say, yes, please sign it, Harlan. first of all. But then, two, no, I did not do this. Uh, we found this in a cluster of shredded, sorry, I can't say that right, messed up costumes. And um, I'm not sure what happened, but uh, somebody's trying to point the finger at you as if you did it. Now, did you do it or was it somebody else? Yoon Hyung looks analytical and says, Rip up garments? Shredded costumes? Whose? A friend of ours. She's a rabbit lady. Her name is Joyful Babette. And I believe her uh, brother, uh, Kixotic. Sorry, don't remember his name. Well, first name is Kixotic. They're not brother and sister, but okay, keep going. Oh, well, (laughs) sorry. They, They had similarities and... Maybe that's yeah. my misjudgment. Sorry. Keep going. Anyway, yes, they they made these costumes. They did a great job, and somebody came and destroyed them. And they left these tablet behind. So you know, they like uh, my friend Skirmish here was saying. <coughs> they seem to try to frame you. So do you know? And again, I mean, I think you guys are the favorites. Well, I don't know if you're competing, but you know, with all this. Uh, contest going around with uh you know the nikamoy everyone coming in and performing right i mean maybe someone wants to get you out of the picture well someone always does i mean yun hyung is talking and he says it can be really scary out there with fans that's why we sorry we thought you were deranged fans breaking into our dressing room I, you know it happens you know so uh, i guess we both made a mistake we won't press charges no hard feelings no, of course. We but, we have our own deranged friends who come after us, too. We understand. We're the fire-breathing kittens. I am sure you've heard of us, right? We have a pretty good reputation. I mean, you know, we're rebranded <laughs> right now, but uh, it's, we're just in, as honored as I'm sure you guys are. They have training and nod and smile. They would never not recognize anybody. They're like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And you can see that Roxanne has, like, subtly shifted to be on their side. So, like, she's mm. talking with you. From their side too. It's like yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. So the prancing hippogriffs are better. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you know this, but Roxanne here, we we met her earlier, 
and she is one of your biggest fans, so if you could be so kind. She taught us all about you. We didn't... I mean... Me, I'm from a small village, so I didn't really know about you. But she was... She couldn't stop talking about you. I think, for sure, she's your biggest fan, and you should... You should be nice to her. And she's a great dancer. Did you see that? Bam nods. Mozart nods. Yoon Hyung looks suspicious. That's kind of his job. Yeah. It's kind of protective. And, and I was believing that you three were responsible for the sabotage, but Roxy was going to bat for you the entire time. She had managed to sway my opinion of you three. You seem pretty all right. Aww, Roxanne actually looks touched. Aww. And, well, I, well I'm going to go ahead and speak for these two, because I think they're, they're trying to get to something, and I'll just clear it up for everyone. We know you're looking for a fourth member, and we would like, very much like for you to consider Roxanne for that position. Okay? I mean, we know there's a big announcement. I think I've, listen, I, I think I'm putting it all together. You guys are opening up for fans to apply. So, you know, I think just forget about that and get Roxanne on your crew. And if I'm wrong, well, I'm wrong. And I tried Roxanne. I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys are so much nicer to Roxanne than I thought you would be. Bam, Bam says nothing and subtly nods her head, considering. Yeah. Maddie pops up briefly. What the heck? I thought that was supposed to be my position. All three are like, ah, an imp. <laughs> gnome. He's a gnome. Skin condition. Go away, Maddie. Is there a couch or chair in this room? There is. There's a couch. I would like to ask them politely. Do you mind if I have a seat? Uh, um, you punch me twice in the face. And I'd like to sit down for a bit. <laughs> oh, go ahead, says Yoon Hyung. And then, to be useful, Roxy points her index finger at her left bicep and a magic circle appears with green glowing light. She drew it in eyeliner underneath her concealer. And you have recovered ten more hit points. Oh, thank you so much. You're, you're all so kind. Yeah. Tattoo magic with makeup. Uh, so, I guess, I guess, I mean, the real question now is if you guys didn't uh, ruin the clothes, then who did, right? Bam thinks. And as she thinks, like, you notice that she has really pretty hair. It's very shiny, and it didn't get flustered, even though she went through all that. You wonder what product she's using. Oh, wow. I think my fart could use some of that. Just curious, you three. Um, obviously, he's doing his own thing now. But do you know if your former member was intending on competing today? Mozart looks down at the ground and doesn't answer. Yoon also doesn't answer. It's Bam who says, I don't know. He left our group, said he had been exclusively recruited for a solo project they only wanted him for, that it was better than staying with us here doing this, she gestures around at everything. So he could be here today. I don't know. She looks real bummed out. Hmm. I'm sorry. It looks like you're taking it pretty hard. Um, did he have any details as to what his project was going to be? Like, who approached him? It was this really pretty lady named Rose. Very much a celebrity. I don't know where she's from, but A-list material. Blonde. Hey, hey, Cloud. Yes? Didn't you tell me about someone like that? Like, 
the Night of the Museum? I... Yes. I think I know who this might be. And I still dream about her. (laughs) Would you mind filling me in? I didn't hear about your trip. Well, it all started on a rainy Sunday evening. I was contemplating how lonely I was. But I'll fast forward to uh, the more relevant (laughs) part of the story. (laughs) Uh... As there there was an event at the Nikomoi Museum, and uh, uh, there were some exhibits. One of them was a petrification in red, and uh, and there there was this beautiful, like just iconic figure that uh, stole my heart the moment she walked into the room. And um, I tried to find her, but uh, she was in this secret meeting. Uh, that I could only imagine was only for good things to happen in the world because someone of that beauty could not do anything bad, right? And I believe Sinclair got some information on what happened at that meeting, but uh, eh, yeah, I mean, she was in a secret meeting and that's that's the last I ever saw of her. Hmm. Listen, Cloud, there's a few holes in that story. Um, I think like you went the, one in the my first heart. one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it was a very unstormy, pleasant Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> but where one grows lonely, I suppose, is best known by oneself. Um, also, she's not on the level. She's not on the up and up. Um, an acquaintance of mine in my old business transactions was involved with that meeting. Discussions involving ownership of souls... Uh, invasions. You remember the creepy goblin child you told me about? I yes. think it might be her nephew or kid. I, no, the only soul I know she invaded was mine. <laughs> the moment I laid eyes on her. <laughs> oh, buddy, you got it bad. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm more. My heart belongs to her more than you with blue flame. If you know what I'm talking about. Uh. <laughs> So let me if get I this straight. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Sinclair. Dang nabbit, Claudio. If I can beat my addiction, you can beat yours. One day. One day. I'm sorry, Skirtfish. <laughs> You're no, trying sorry. to get on... A... <laughs> I'm just trying to understand. It sounds like this lady is drop-dead gorgeous. Just pure beautiful. And, uh, however, she doesn't sound like she's up to any good with invasions and whatnot, taking souls. Do you think she had it in for uh, Mr. Von Hoofen stuff, or is she using his star power to do something bad for everybody else? Do you know anything about this, uh, Hippogriffs? Well, after she... This is Bam talking with the maroon hair. After she recruited Elios, it seems like she changed her tune. All of a sudden, now we were good enough. I don't know what changed her opinion, but... She kept offering for us to come work exclusively for them, and we kept saying no. We like performing all around Guasso. Our music is for everyone. Yunhyung and Mozart nod their head in agreement, their hair shining prettily. One, I'm going to know what I need to know what kind of products you guys use in your hair because I want my fur to look that shiny. And I'm sure uh, my friends might, you know, want to change up their style a little bit. But two, a honest question: Has anyone heard or seen of uh, Ilios uh, after he left? They look at one another and shake their head no. And uh, Roxanne, I mean, I know you are kind of in the know with 
anything from, you know, present and former members of uh, the Griffin squad. But uh, has anyone seen or heard of maybe even a demo of his new work or anything? Or seen him in, like, pictures that might have been captured? Or images, rather? There hasn't been a single verified sighting. I know, because I investigate all the sightings. No, and I, mean, I trust you. I mean, and then she looks at the prancing hippogriffs. <laughs> he was uh, just the best. <laughs> so wait a minute. Like, yeah. <laughs> he was the singer, right? But somebody else was a songwriter. Which one of you wrote the songs? Bam says, we all write the songs. Even Elios. Yeah, he wrote... I love That's that one. That's the song I'd heard. Mm. That's the one I heard. That's my favorite. And Got the Feeling and Butter. Hey. Well, I mean, Bam, I don't want you to be too humble, but you you know, from what we hear, most you write most of the songs, you know? Uh... But I guess I guess my line of questioning is is coming because I mean, not only have we met Rose before, ugh, my heart, but um, <laughs> on top of that, we also I mean I don't I know we have all gone on different adventures, right? But uh, some of us have experienced people missing lately. No, I mean this is this has been kind of a theme, and uh, now I'm coming from a place of concern to know where Elios could be. To be honest, they nod their head and they're like. Oh, I mean, and then Yoon Hyung says, well, he left us, so if he's gotten himself into trouble, he has done so without our, like, we're not going to help him. Oh, uh, to be fair, I mean, like Sinclair said, I I saved uh, someone from being run away with a goblin child, right? So sometimes it's uh, by their own volition, or sometimes it's a little forced, right? Also, it kind of dust in the room uh have you seen any of this dust that was also left in the scene of the crime this golden dust yeah that stuff's pretty common on stages i'm going to uh detect magic am i am i recognizing a, a certain infested glow so to speak of everybody in the room yeah everyone <laughs> here has dust in them it's it's pretty throughout this whole convention center Oh, crap baskets. All right, um... It's like glitter. It's just everywhere. <laughs> well, now we know where the theme for this year came from. 2022, <laughs> the year of glitter. <laughs> Listen, guys, I don't know how to tell you this. Um, I was beating around the bush with it with my friends here. We all are infected now. Um, I'm not overly familiar with the fine details, but the short and sweet of it is, this dust, if you come into contact with it, which the three of us have, you're essentially marked for undeath. Uh, it will kind of eat away at you, um, eventually turning you into something horrible, grotesque, elephant, dog, monstrous, beastie thingy. <laughs> it, it wasn't fun. Um, or... If you die prematurely, you come back as a zombie. Are you um, saying I'm going to be an elephant? I know somebody who knows how to disinfect folks. I mean, they're, they're out in Mishwi. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be a very long queue. <laughs> it is interesting that you have incorrectly interpreted what the dust does, but that's okay. It's an in-character thing you'll discover over the course of the season. But just for the listeners and for everyone else, not exactly. But yeah, keep going. 
oh no no the player knows I'm completely off but yeah. that's what Sinclair thinks <laughs> Sinclair uh. huh so you, you can still perform today absolutely that that it doesn't interfere with performances but yeah you might want to get that checked out so if this um Elios was taken against his will and we were to find him and rescue him would you invite him back into your group I'm sure you're better together Elios didn't leave against his will, says Yunhyung. He gave us quite the speech on his way out about how this was a small-time gig, even though we tour all of Guasou, and I mean, I mean all of Guasou, and we sing in front of huge, packed stadiums. He was like, he called us small-time. He said that our songs weren't good enough, and he said that, well, he definitely left of his own free will. He said he was doing something better and bigger than we would ever dream to be. It, it hurt, man. I thought of his—I thought of him as my brother before that, you know. I'm sorry about that. He sounds like almost family, and losing family is the worst. When I ask this, I'm not saying you have to forgive him, but if he is in danger, would you want to save him, or let him lie in the bed that he's made? Yunhyun gives you a tough look, Mozart gives you a, a pensive look, and Bam gives you a look like, if she encountered Elios, you think she might punch him. You're not sure what happened between this group, but it sounds like they were all very insulted, and uh, he, yeah, he gave a speech before he left that made them think he's not coming back and he's not in danger. Oh, well, okay. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, I think it is... Our responsibility as fire-breathing kittens takes a look at Rox Roxy, right? Uh, to still uh, save him, right? I feel like you know, and for the sake of maturity, I think time will heal all wounds, right? And maybe your relationship with him might, might uh, you know, be a different capacity, but it'll it'll grow again. But uh, again, I mean, we still don't know if he is in danger or not. But uh, I mean, I I am concerned for the guy, even though. His fan base might be a little annoying, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's made his bed, now he has to lie in it. I hope he enjoys his solo career. But he doesn't have a solo career. Have you heard from him? No, not again, not since he left. So, doesn't that sound suspicious? I mean, if he was going to do something bigger than what you're doing, how come you haven't he heard from him? He said he was making his album. Okay. And what about this announcement that you guys have for today? Ah, Bam says, and she winks cheerfully like a pop idol at you. Wouldn't you like to know? And Yoon Hyung smiles. Yeah, no, like, I get, <laughs> I get the, I get the PR, like, haha, let's keep it a secret and stuff like that. But again, there's dust, again, there's the risk of undeath, you know, uh, but if it's just like a polit uh, well, like a like a publicizing a stunt, then fine. I don't think it's that uh, crazy. But if it's something a little more important, I think uh, I think it'd be good for us to know to help. Kind of, I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff going on, you know. And I I kind of want to make sure no one gets hurt. Peek behind the DM curtain. Their announcement depends on how this game plays out. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So there's not one announcement. There's several announcements, and it depends on what you do. All right. Uh, listen, guys, were you going to be doing this announcement to coincide with the competition, or was this another event that would be happening after the competition for the 20,000 gold? 
It'll be at the end of Nick a contest of our performance then. Okay. That's when we're making our announcement. Right. We hope to see you in the in the seats and we hope that you attend. Oh, wait, wait. Before you dismiss us, how long is the contest projected to run? Mm, 7 to 9. Okay, so we have like three and a half hours. Well, sure. Well, maybe we're in the contest, so we won't just be in the seats, but we'll be on stage. Yeah, that dance right. we did, just a warm-up. Let them know, skirmish. It's going to be, how does my friend say, uh, off the chain? <laughs> Wait, which friend says that? Cause I don't <laughs> so the one back at the hall, you know, the one that says oh, off okay. the chain all the time. That's like his, you're his right. whole yeah, thing. Chain guy, chain guy, you're right, you're right. Okay, well, um, I guess we have more investigating to do, and I guess we will enjoy the bulk of the concert or the contest. Uh, is there any, anything else we should discuss before we head out and uh, keep rehearsing? <laughs> do, do any of you have a relationship with uh, Hulk Harlan? I mean, besides me, uh, us, we have like an employer-employee relationship. Oh, right. right. I'm now. sorry. I'm not asking you, Cloud. I apologize. Oh. I should have directed my question. This is to the hippogriffs. I can't say I've ever met the guy, says Yoon Hyung. You can't say or you won't say? I've never met the guy. Oh, all right. That's clear. <laughs> Do you guys remember what your mission was? Just this DM asking a few hours into D&D. Do you remember what you're getting paid for? Uh, Yeah, actually uh, escorting the, the hippogriffs. No, that was like the original one. <laughs> to track down the hippogriffs and... Oh, get them out. Yeah. Right. I'm not very bright. Uh, I've, so, been, it's listen. been a long day, to be honest with you. <laughs> I did eat three All hot right. dogs. I drank one <laughs> ale. All right, so we're back on track. Everybody remembered what the mission is. Great. Okay, keep going. <laughs> listen, guys, so Mishui isn't that far of a train ride. It's literally one stop over. Okay? And Barry, the guy that can help disinfect everyone... Like, he is a hop and a skip away from the train station. If we leave now, we can get to Mishui, we can get disinfected, he might have a way that we can help everybody here at the convention, but you really should come with us. Like, for yeah. your own safety. You do not... I, I know it shouldn't affect the performance, but I don't know what long-term exposure does. And it sounds like you guys have been getting exposed to this for a while. Make a persuasion check. I've only had it in me for like an hour, maybe two. And I felt kind of weird. And make a deception check, actually, because you're telling them they're going to turn into giant elephant dogs. <laughs> well, so. is, it, is it deception if he actually believes it? No, if you actually believe that, it's persuasion. Okay. Well, um, both are crap. <laughs> uh, that persuasion came out to... Eleven. And make it with advantage because you did dance off and win the dance off. That should count for something. <laughs> Holy crap, hot dice, Batman. <laughs> um twenty-seven. Let's My go. goodness. Okay, that die's going to the side. <laughs> <laughs> they will follow you anywhere. You've earned their trust with the dance off. You've earned their trust telling them about how they're gonna turn into evil dogs because of this zombie dust. Uh, we should also tell Rictavio that we are su uh, successfully getting the hippogriffs out of the convention center. Do we have to tell him? Well, 
I don't think we do. I mean, you don't want to get paid? I do. So, <laughs> I'll follow. I'll follow your advice. Hey, hey, Maddie. Can you do me a favor and tell Rictavio that um, mission accomplished? Am I Maddie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. No, we're all Maddie. <laughs> okay, okay. Whoa. Uh, we can X that. We can X that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, Maddie does the thing. It's just, do you want me to voice it? Or do you, like... Hey, Maddie, um, quick, run to Briticorn. Let him know mission accomplished. Oh, yeah, absolutely, boss. I can do that for you, no problem. A minute passes, and then Maddie returns and says... All right. He's happy with the results. Get them the heck out of here. Nice. Okay. You guys have prancing hippogriffs. They're willing to follow you. After that 27, they will follow you to Mishwi. All right. Um, because Sinclair is such a great guy, he is going to pay for everybody's train fare. So that wait, would wait. come out so, to... So you, before you're at the train station, you've got to leave the convention hall, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Okay. So Yunhyung, Mozart, and Bam follow you through the hallways toward the convention center exit. You are approaching an exit gate that leads out to a beautiful gardened area. So are you leading them outside? Actually, to avoid the throngs of fans, I will cast uh, Invisibility at a fourth level slot. That lets me choose three creatures. So, assuming everybody's willing, um, there are now three invisible flying, dancing Hippogriffs. Prancing hippogriffs. <laughs> okay. How do, we, how do we know they're following us if they're invisible? Great question. I can, I can hold... Do you mind if I hold your hand, lady? My name's Bam. Bam. Sure. Bam, I'm sorry. I, yeah. Miss Bam. It's an yeah. honor, honestly, to hold your hand. Oh, wait, I wanted to hold her hand. You've only got eyes for what Rose. What happened to Rose? <laughs> <laughs> Listen... Something's got to fill the void in my heart. Oh my gosh. She takes Skirmish's hand. <laughs> uh, okay. And you guys lead them outside invisibly. Yeah. But... Yo, young Mozart, do you two need a buddy? Oh, they're holding Bam's hand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of interesting that you made them invisible and you told Rectavio oh. about how you would be escorting them out. It's so just as the DM, I'm noting that that is an interesting story point, because if you hadn't told Rictavio, then the invisibility would have worked. But you told Rictavio that you would be taking them to an exit. So he knows. OK. All right. Cool. So and you guys didn't check for traps. OK. So as you step out through the exit, lying in wait. Um, now, this is a story thing. It's just going to happen real quick. A moth-winged elf, crouching behind a bush, keeping watch on who is exiting, sees you three exit, and sees Skirmish's hand, like, kind of extended at an odd angle. The Ekenblim pushes the three invisible people into the glowing circle on the ground beside them that was waiting, hops through the portal deftly, breaking the line of dust in one movement pushing them into the portal and smudging out the portal sign all in one smooth motion. So if you hadn't... Oh, man, it's just... It's, as a DM, it's just such a, like, dang, you know? That almost worked. But instead, here you are, wow. left with no prancing hippogriffs. 
and no Ek emblem. Well, now I feel like crap. <laughs> uh, is the professor still here? Maybe she can help us recreate the, the line on the floor. Oh, I don't want to go back there. It's uh, pretty dangerous. So, hold on. This, this thing that just happened, happened very fast. Yes, it happens very fast. Yeah, he Was there him. no reaction at all from us? There wasn't. It's a story thing. So you guys uh, either check for traps or you... So I've written like 10 possible endings right, here. Okay. If you lead them through the exit <laughs> and you don't check for traps and Ekenblum pushes them into a portal, smudges the portal and is gone. Yeah, it was a story choice you guys I made. see. Is there a yeah. way to recreate this portal? Does your yes. professor yes, friend is. know how to do that? No, but I can actually do it. I think we got a reaction from Roxanne first. (laughs) Let's be real. Roxanne is freaking out. Roxanne is like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, bam, Yunhyung, Mozart. And there's no responding call. It's okay, Roxy. It's okay. We're going to get them back. Oh, I was so close. I was so close. I was about to get a backstage pass to one of their concerts from Rectavio. It was... So good. No. Um, DM. Yeah. Is the dust gone from the ground or is it just uh scattered about? Is gone. Crap. You were yeah. mentioning though there's a way to get this dust out of us. Would that be helpful? Actually, yes. um I think I mean yes. Sin- Sinclair, it sounds like you've been in a similar situation that I have. Right, and uh, yeah, going to where this these portals lead to is not too pretty, but I think our friend Barry, right, he he's kind of familiar with these kind of things, so I think we and need to get to him. As you're saying all this, we have one very hyperventilating Roxy who's just collapsing <laughs> on this like neatly manicured mulch in this garden, and she's like, I had finally met them, and I was just gonna, and they were gonna get an extra concert, and it was. Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have let you... I shouldn't have let you leave them outside. I was supposed to take them to Rictavio. I don't know what's going on. I would, I well, would like to, to to, gently approach her and hug her and say, It's alright. We're gonna fix this. We need your help. But please, we, what can we do to help you right now? Bring back the prancing hippogriffs! Okay, so we're on the same page. It shall be done. <laughs> okay. But she said some clues. And you know, hey, you hey, know, Ro- you told, you told her, you know. Hey, Roxy, you know how you said the fire-breathing kittens only make things worse? <laughs> how we don't help? <laughs> I won't pretend that we're perfect. I won't pretend that we sometimes mess up. But you know what we do? We fix it. 90% of the time, every time. And guess what? <laughs> this is one of those 90% of the times. So, what was it? That our dear mutual friend, Rictakio, told you. Because it sounds like he told us very different things. And I can't help but feel he might be a little responsible for what just happened. He told me that there must be some kind of misunderstanding. The prancing hippogriffs would have never done this. He recognized them right away from that illusion, you know. And they're famous, by the way. I can't believe you three didn't know the four kings of the prancing hippogriffs. Anyway. So I was supposed to find them and bring them to talk to him, and in exchange, I would get backstage passes to their show tonight, and he would offer them the Nikamui Convention Hall for one of their concerts this summer, free. But that's never going to happen, because now some rando kidnapped them. I think that rando was, uh, 
an associative rose and Mr. Bittercoin. Because you see, what he told us is to get them out of the, you know, convention by any means necessary and to escort them out. I wasn't lying when I said I wanted to get them out. Not only for their benefit, I was also intending on getting them back in. He didn't say anything about keeping them out, but he also didn't mention that he was intending on kidnapping them. And I don't like being misled on a job offer. So. Let's go find this guy. I want answers. I would like to storm back in to the convention hall directly to wherever this Rectavio guy is. And uh, I want to grab him by his lapels. And, okay, uh, so he has an office. Okay. Maddie can show you where it is. Well, let's do that then. It, it, are you with me, fellas? If not, I'm going to be walking. Yes. And this time I'm taking my hammer out. Okay, your hammer's out. You arrive at the door of the office. Now, um, just so we're on the same page, I won't be sending you to the wet bar if you give this guy a proper smack in the face. <laughs> All right. Feel free to uh, smack away. So is there like a, a desk in this office? You're in front of a closed door for the office. All right. I would like to, um, I would like to use my hammer on the door and destroy it if possible. Oh my goodness. Okay, things I had prepared for. If they knock, if they knock and don't wait, etc., etc. Okay, um, if you burst into Rectavio's office, a moth-winged, bug-eyed person has one foot into a portal as the door swings half open. With the door completely open, he steps fully inside and disappears. Rictavio turns his red face to look at you. Uh, I'm going to charge into that circle and push Rictavio out of the way. I'll deal with you later, I say to him as I go into the circle. Skirmish disappears into a portal. Oh, crap, not this again. Roxy, if you want to help, come with us. And, and bring your makeup kit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Roxy follows. She loves the <laughs> parenting hippogriffs more than life itself. <laughs> oh no <laughs> she's in the portal poof Rictavio Brittlethorn looks a oh, real flustered and he's like but but and what do you guys do I mean skirmish is in I the portal. expect to get paid for fulfilling the job I also expect a bonus fee for you deceiving us also, and I jump in the portal <laughs> oh and then and then and then I see what you did after the um Hosting that cookie factory. Ha, don't think I don't recognize you, friend. And then I jumped through. <laughs> oh, he did not recognize you. He does now. Um, so. <laughs> all right, you all find yourself in a boardroom. It's luxurious. Mahogany. The desk is wonderful. It's intricately carved. There are... There is a bug-eyed, moth-winged person. Anyone who's listened to pop fiction will recognize Barry Pertinax. There is also an elf with moth wings. And there are three sort of like Han Solo in Star Wars, where he's just like a captive unmoving, magically stasis forms. One has beautiful long maroon hair, one has red hair like out of an anime, and one has like black hair but with you're looking at it closely it's got a tint of blue in it all very stylish and attractive people they're floating like six inches above the ground they look like you know you could just they're standing but um 
They slide like ice across the floor so smoothly, but six inches above the ground. The two Eckenblim turn and look at you. <laughs> I would like to pounce on the the elf one, because I am rather upset. Yes, yes. Would you say you're raging? I would say I'm raging. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and just say I'm raging and we're gonna we're gonna jump into action. Do you know who oh made boy. it there first? Okay, everyone, I'm gonna oh. keep using your initiative from earlier. Okay. But do you know who made it there first? Roxy? Roxanne Dang. She points to her left arm. Her tattoo flares up in green, and I'm inserting her in the initiative before skirmish. Hell hath no fury like a woman whose idols have been kidnapped. (laughs) The blade with the tulip lights up, and flowers fly out. um, Like, sort of like picture of background becomes all tulips, but they're... Uh, stem is pointing like a blade and it flies out and stabs the Ekenblim many times. They're going to take a great deal of damage. The elf one yelps in fear and surprise and the moth bug-eyed one, Barry Pertinax, uh, looks a little freaked out and is like, they followed us. (laughs) Skirmish. (laughs) You now arrive and... You were 20 feet away. There are some office chairs in the way between you and them. They're very squishy leather, very soft, very plush, very thick. Okay. Good leather office chairs. So, like the most expensive ones. You know? I, excellent. I like destroying expensive things. <laughs> um, so, as part of my seventh level uh, feature, as part of the bonus action that I enter my rage, I can move up to half my speed, which is 40 feet total. Mm. So I move right up to them initially as part of my rage, and I'd like to swing my hammer with uh, reckless abandon to the bug-eyed one. And uh, oh, and actually, I did my wild search, and so it says I rolled a one, which means shadowy tendrils lash around you. Each creature of my choice that I can see within thirty feet of me must succeed on a Constitution saving throw, or take one d twelve necrotic damage. Oh my goodness. Uh, nine? Uh, you fail. So uh, let me roll. Uh, you take eight. Each of those two takes eight damage. And then I also get uh, eight temporary hit points from that too. <laughs> okay. So that's wow. nice. And now I'm going to hit them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to use kindness, which I have at the ready. Uh, and that's a, let's see. 9 plus 2, 11 damage. I'm sorry. Uh, it's 18 to hit. That the bug-eyed one. The bug-eyed okay. one. Yeah, Barry. And, and that's uh, uh, 11 additional damage. Okay. Uh, he looks incredibly surprised. It's like he teleported here and thought no one would follow him. <laughs> he was just talking to his business partner. Job well done. Captured the musicians to be converted into Ekenblim. Having a good day. And then wham! Hit with kindness. Claudio, you're up next. You're 20 feet away. There's a bunch of really fancy chairs between you and with how things have moved. uh, They've almost been pushed behind the table a little bit by the incredible attacks of skirmish and one very upset Roxanne. Um, Do do I see the source of like um, what's keeping the pop stars kind of frozen? Yes, it's absolutely the elf with the moth wings. Um, Okay. Um, then I'm going to go ahead and, uh, Hunter's Mark, that elf, right? Well, elf, air quotes. Yeah, yeah, elf. 
And I'm gonna go ahead and just uh, shoot him. Oh, one's a so my first hit's a net twenty, right? Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. dear lord. Yeah, uh, I forget, oh. I don't crit often, so I forget how it works. I just realized, uh, DM. I'm sorry. I get a second attack, but I can do that later after he's done. Yeah, add the damage to your next turn. Okay, we'll do. Sorry. Uh, 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 so for a critical hit, how can you guys help me out with that real quick? You double the dice. Yep. Double the, the number dice. Number of dice that you rolled, roll again, and then at the end, add your modifier of like okay. like plus four damage or whatever that you would normally do. So what about the hunter's mark? That's dice, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> fun. Okay, so I I roll the dice twice. So seven for the first set, and then. Gotcha. Four, 14, so 22 to hit. Or, sorry, 22 damage. Sorry, 22 damage. My to hit was the nat 20 plus, uh, sorry. Yep. Wow. That's some damage. What does that look like? What, is it an arrow? Yeah, it's just, uh, an arrow with my, with my short bow just going. Where'd you hit him? Uh, right in, right in the chest. Okay. All right. This elf with moth wings staggers backwards and makes a constitution saving throw. Bam drops to the floor like a sack of potatoes. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Excellent. And then I have a second uh, attack, which um, is going to be... Sorry. Uh, it's going to be uh, 11 to hit. That misses. Okay. Your arrow That's- flies past the elf, which you realize is androgynous. You're not sure which under they are into the boardroom wall behind them and sticks sturdily in the wall, vibrating slightly. Gotcha. Embedding itself in the wall. Alright, uh, that's that's my turn. I'm gonna stay here. Sinclair, you're up. Are the uh, three hippogriffs freed? One of them is, Bam is waking up on the ground and she's kind of like rubbing her head and sitting up and taking in the situation. She's gonna go in the initiative after you guys. All right. Well, was it Mozart or Union that uh, had the punch that nearly could have KO'd Skirmish? Union. All right. I'm going to cast uh, Dispel Magic on whatever the heck it is that Union's in. It's dispelled. He sinks to the ground like six inches, braces his hips and shoulders, and raises his two fists. Hey, Union, you see that elf-looking thing? Let him have it. Uh, as a bonus action, I'll try and throw a dagger at it. Um, that comes out to... Looks like 21. Where'd you hit your dagger into this Akinblim? Oh, I, I skewered it right on the wing. Oh, yikes. How much damage was that? One. Okay. <laughs> the concentration is still up on Mozart. Is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn. Bam takes in this situation... She looks at you, fire-breathing kittens, and she looks at these people and she's like, like, recognition flashes across her face. These are clearly the people who've been trying to recruit her. Just like how Rose successfully recruited Elios von Hoof and stuff. Now here's the difference between Bam and other people. <laughs> um, quick question to the players. Uh, what rating would you, like, PG, PG-13, R, what rating are you guys comfortable with? I'm fine with whatever. 
but I don't know what the audience uh, would yeah. prefer. Right. I I was going to say, we, we have the cards. Okay. Um, go for it. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. Go for we it. Can you can X-card right me if you don't like it. Yeah. Okay. She could teleport them all away. She could. She could teleport all of you guys all away. But instead, she teleports the Akimblim into the business table. Oh. <laughs> when you say into... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's a little graphic, too. So I apologize. And if it's too graphic, let me know and I can remove it from the show. Well, let the. I mean, unless, unless you go in depth. Yeah, I was going to say, unless you go in depth, it's very open to interpretation as to yeah. what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but that is the end of the Ekenblim. Okay. Uh, yeah. Location is everything. <laughs> and that ends the combat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd like to raise my hammer in uh, victory. Yeah! Like, you know, like, well done, everyone. Did we free the third uh, pop star? In that moment, Mozart is released and drops to the floor like a sack of potatoes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Which leaves you guys in a boardroom. Uh, first I'd like to see how, uh, Roxanne and the Hippogriffs are. I'll, I'll congratulate them for being so, uh, badass, frankly. <laughs> uh, hey, well done. Uh, are you doing okay? Bam looks a little shaken. Um, I mean, she did just kill two people. So she's, uh, a little bit upset because, you know, but she was almost kidnapped and turned into an Ekenblim. So it went a bit dark there. But, um, so I would like to put my hammer away and I'll take out my stuffed giraffe and say, here, hold this for a bit. It'll make you feel better. And I think getting out of here would make us all feel a lot better. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That too. Okay. And, and she's going to snap her fingers and teleport you all back to dressing room 4A. Okay. Eh, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> sorry, everybody. No, dark, no, no, that, I mean, no, no. Like, no, that's all right. Teleporter. I have a bit fine. of unfinished business with uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Rictavio. Yeah, yeah. So first, let us apologize because one, we had no idea that was going to happen. But two, I hope, well, us going in and kind of helping kind of right that uh, little mistake kind of shows what we're all about. Um, but yes, we need to kind of get to Rictavio and see who got him to do this, right? Because we need to get on, you know, we need to know what the heck is going on. But, uh, set, like, fifth of all, I lost track of how many numbers I said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> eh, how are you all feeling? I know, Bam, you seem a little shaken up. I mean, uh, I, I understandably so. I mean, but uh, what about you, Mozart and uh, Union? And uh, Roxy, too. How are you feeling? Mozart goes over to Bam and, and pats her on the shoulder and is like, thank you for saving me, Bam. He speaks. It's one of my chopped liver. <laughs> she did. She did kill Bam. two. <laughs> I should thank her too. But you, you did what you had to do. Yun Hyung goes to Claudio and is like, "Thanks for coming after us, man." And he gives you like a solid handshake. You know, he's got a very muscular arm. He's like, "Fire breathing kittens, y'all right with me?" And he gives you a big handshake, Claudio. Oh, thank you. Thank you. See, see that, Roxanne? 
Just take note of that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and Roxanne. And then Yunhu like turns to her and is like, Did you help save us? I would like to speak up and say, uh, she was the first one through. She loves you guys. <laughs> Roxanne blushes. She's like, oh, you know, does anyone want some healing? And she like activates her very last magic circle healing thing. You all gain 10 HP. Almost back. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're doing well. Um, would you like to come with me to talk to Rictavio, all of you? You're very capable friends, if I may be so forward. Um, I believe he has uh, some explaining to do. I, I would love to. You all make your way, Sinclair? Sinclair's like, oh my gosh, people just died. Ah. <laughs> well, are Sinclair? the hippogriffs joining us also? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Sinclair. <laughs> uh, Sinclair is very, very cross with Rectavio, um, as he said earlier, because he doesn't like being deceived. Uh, and he also has experienced having to rescue people from the Echoblum before, so being deceived, essentially to be culpable in someone's kidnapping, uh, Skirmish might have a hard time holding Sinclair back at this point. Sinclair's thinking Eldritch Blast first, ask questions later. Haros might have another passenger tonight. <laughs> okay, the murder so, did not disturb you or maybe it pushed you too far. And they all make their way towards Rictavio's office, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, no, no. Sin Sinclair was telling Bam, like, hey, you, you saved all of us. You did what oh. was absolutely necessary. You are not a bad person. You are protecting yourself and your friends. Now, who wants to do it again? <laughs> <laughs> There's even a desk. Yeah, I've got a promise to keep. Okay, <laughs> you all head into the hallway to make your way towards Rictavio's office. Well, so I'm just going to say the crowds are thinning out from the concession stands and making their way into the big auditorium as you walk through the hallways to Rictavio's office. It's time for the Nikakon test, one way or another. Oh, man, we've got so many shows going on. There's, like, Hulk Harlan's wrestling match. There's the Joyful Babette fashion show. I mean, for the Prancing Hippogriffs, the show must go on. They're, good. They're still going to perform, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, man. All right. So you guys are outside Rictavio's door. You hear the Is initial still sounds door? of the Nika contest. Oh, right. There's no door. <laughs> In fact, there's no door and there's no Rictavio. The office is empty. And the cheers from the Nika contest filter down through the hall. I'm going to say that he wouldn't have stuck around if you guys burst down his door and jumped through a portal. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. All right. Well, None of um, the endings I wrote for this adventure had that in it. <laughs> he was here for all of them. But you guys, wow, I anticipated, like, I got two pages of possible endings. I was like, whew. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> oh, man, players are the best, you guys. Like, it's so much fun playing with real people. So You know, you can write stories all day long and have no idea how real people would take it, you know? Mm -hmm. Shite. Definitely. Right. So, before we wrap things up, I'm sure Rictavio left in a hurry. What kind of valuables did he leave in that desk? Roll a d20. I'm also sure at this point it's not the 12. last we've seen of him. Oh, absolutely not. You find a paperweight made out of a very expensive hand-blown glass that is worth 2,000 gold. Oh. 
I would actually like to turn to uh, Cloud and say, hey, you're a ranger, right? Yes. Can you track uh, Rictavio? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, you know, uh, let's see. I can try my best. While he does that, I'd like to use my ability to... Uh, it's equivalent to detecting magic, but it's called magic awareness. And uh, basically, I see if there's any spell or magic item within 60 feet. Yes. You find a magical amulet of your choice from the Dungeon Master's Guide at rare rating. I will take it. Uh, One of the best things I can do right now is primeval awareness uh, 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 uh. but Rictavio as far as we know he's just human right I uh, don't if you mean an angeling then yeah I mean I'll tr- uh, well uh, unless I can I'll try for a survival check too okay oh I got a 10 on that there's footsteps in the shattered wood outside that lead down the hallway to one of the more common hallways where the footsteps are trampled over by the crowds. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, is there any kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, any kind of uh, public address system in this convention center? Oh, like a, a PA? Like an announcement Co- thing? Correct, yes. Uh, yeah, but you're uh, not allowed back in there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but Mati might be. And so oh. we just need to communicate, hey, attention, crowd, uh, Nikakon goers, uh, Will and then we one step at a time. Okay, how would you find the PA system announcement area? Well, that's a great question. Um, so hmm, how uh, I don't know. I was gonna say perhaps Bam could teleport us somewhere if she knows where it is. I think Bam's done teleporting for a few (laughs) little tiny bit. Bam, little Trump, Bam might need some therapy. (laughs) Um. Before we vamoose from this office, Cloud, you gonna grab anything that isn't bolted down? Uh, yeah, I will get my paws on anything that is, uh, well, paw-sized and goes into my pockets. You get one item that is not an equipment, so, like, glue or a rod or something like that, like, not a staff for casting magic with, but, like, a random non-equipment item from the Dungeon Master's Guide of your choosing at... Rare rarity. Nice. You can decide what it is later. It can't be equipped. No shoes, no hats, no gloves, no service. <laughs> Rare rarity, right? Yep. Perfect. All right, guys, I have an idea. Follow me. So, everyone is probably around the uh, performance center, right? Because it's the talent yeah, show. And you're missing quite the magic act, you know. There's There's a lion on stage at one point. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, hippogriffs, back me up with this, please. Sinclair's going to do that thing that, you know, y- you see it in the movie. Someone just runs on stage, grabs the mic from someone. Hello, Nikakon goers. Okay, Listen. Wait, so, dexterity saving throw. Because we've all seen Vince McMahon try to hop onto that stage, WWE, and break his legs. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I want to see how this well, goes. I, I if you haven't hope... seen that, you should. He was physically injured doing that. Like I watched it, and later we learned that he was like hurt from it, and it, I felt bad for laughing because he just was like, "I'm gonna hop up on the stage like all the wrestlers," and he was like, "Ow!" And I was like, "I felt bad, but it's kind of funny." Okay, so dexterity saving throw. 
I certainly hope our DM is kinder than WWE ropes. Natural one makes four. The edge of the stage hits the middle of your thigh and Vince McMahon's you. You jump out of the stage and you bounce right off. <laughs> Ow! Oh my gosh. My goodness. But then Yoon Hyung and Bam and Mozart walk into the auditorium and the crowd notices. You guys didn't use your best asset. You're celebrities. Uh, they burst hey, uh, into applause and they start cheering. And the lion hey. tamer hands skirmish the microphone. Oh my. Um, <laughs> uh, hello, Nikakon. <laughs> and then, uh, may I, before we bring on the main event of the four kings of the prancing hippogriffs, uh, can I please ask that everybody look for a very suspicious looking red skinned, black haired, um, Forgot what race. I hope the DM can help me out. I'm thinking... Angeling. Uh, Didn't you Angeling. make this one? I, I did. I just... <laughs> sorry, I'm on stage. I'm very nervous. And so, <laughs> I, this guy's bad news. Uh, point him out if you can, and I'll take care of it. But uh, anybody, anybody, raise, raise your hand. Do I see anybody raising their hand? I'm going to roll a luck check here. Okay. To see if Rictavio stayed to watch the show. That's no. I'm sorry. He didn't stay to watch the show. It's like, that's all right. I appreciate your uh, your attention and your participation. And without fur- further ado, the four kings of the prancing hippogriffs. <laughs> and I pass the microphone over to the stars because, you know, they got to perform. Oh, bef- and, and before you do that, before you, you hand it over, uh, and I just say, and Roxanne. And then... That's right. She does know all their performances by heart. (laughs) The lights dim. A hush falls across the audience in anticipation. Oh, I'd like to walk off the stage at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Roxanne looks like she's been waiting for this moment her entire life. Her eyes light up. I know your dance routine by heart. I practice it every day. Okay, and you guys don't want to participate in this. All three of you are like, no. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Sinclair, if my leg is okay, and it was just a, like, oh, that hurt? No, Sinclair's all about helping with this. Um, but I'll let it be up to you if uh, Sinclair's a little too injured to dance. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Uh <laughs> I mean, Cla- Claudio Claudio is going to actually stay on stage and do his best to like keep up or to do something. And the worst comes to worst, the daggers come out like <laughs> okay. to juggle. All right. So sing and skirmish. Well, I'll go ahead and use the rest of my flying boots and just whip around the stage in dramatic poses to the music. Uh, a bit of a creative dance as well as I can. I'm not very creative, but you know. I could twirl and fly and try and add some flavor. Sinclair, describe the scene. Uh, Sinclair is not familiar with the dance routines at all. So he is going to do his best to mirror what the routines are based off the main three and Roxy. And uh, once he feels like he's getting these K-pop moves down, then start participating more 
completely. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have you roll your choice of performance, acrobatics, athletics. Describe how your skill fits in and roll. And you know what? Since you guys did save them, you literally saved their lives. I'm going to say the reason why you have advantage is because they are also mirroring your moves and they're helping you. I will do acrobatics. Same. I will uh, do that 24. Yeah? <laughs> I will do athletics, and I got a 20. Non-natural 20. Mm-hmm. I got a 21. Yeah, you're all great. I mean, although you're not pop stars, you are adventurers, and you do move every day, unlike, I mean, most of the people playing D&D, not so athletic. Most of the people we play, <laughs> they exercise, like, all the time. It really helps. <laughs> so... <laughs> We're all nodding like we know. <laughs> it's true. Yep. It's true. Yep. And the yeah. crowd cheers. This was a great capstone. I mean, the lion was cool and the magic trick before. It's all good and all. But you can't beat pop stars. So at the end of the night, everybody's cheering. Everybody's been worked up by the pre-shows. And by audience cheers, it is obvious that your match has won the prize. Since this is a cheer it to win it sort of competition. Everyone stands panting on stage after their performance. An assistant comes out. Yoon Hyung is handed four glittery bags full of gold. They're like all stage decorated and they like say 5,000 gold on them, you know? Yoon Hyung hands you each a bag of 5,000 and announces, Thank you, fire breathing kittens! We couldn't have done it without you! Thank you, really. The crowd cheers. We have an announcement tonight! As you all know, we have an opening in the group. After some discussion, and we know this is a bit of a surprise, we've decided to welcome Roxanne Dang into our group! Roxanne's jaw drops, her eyes go wide, and she looks like she's going to faint. Roxanne has been a big fan for a long time. For all of our fans, we love you all, and we couldn't do this without you. Yoon and Mozart stand on either side of her, beaming, as Bam announces... You can follow her idol training efforts as a mini-series on Illusion Channel 5 on Thursday nights at 7pm. We love you, fans! And the crowd cheers so loudly, so they've turned it into like a TV show for people to follow. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) I applaud loudly. Yeah! (laughs) Alright, so you each got 5,000 gold, including, bam, 5, 10, 15, 20. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we end the episode? Yeah. I kind of want to, like, I know Roxanne's having her moment, but I want to, like, go up to her and kind of, like, I mean, yeah, you deserve it. I mean, you know, just remember the, the road the fire-breathing kittens paved to get you to where you are, right? Uh, and just give her, like, a, a high five. Like, real good job. I would like to pat her on the back and say, you know, you're all right. I don't care what they say about you. And <laughs> Sinclair? Well, Roxy, I told you that I could dance. What do you think? Hippogriffs or kittens? Or shall we just say, equal in their own way? And as the crowd cheers her response and drowns it out, you'll never know what she says. <laughs> like to end this adventure, joining us today, where's Sinclair? See you later, everyone. Skirmish? Well, I got to hit something with my hammer, so I'm happy. <laughs> and Claudio? Well, that was a performance of a lifetime. That was, that was awesome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you, everyone.
Are you trapped? Afraid? Do you crave freedom? In this podcast, Break Fear, Find Freedom, we have conversations with entrepreneurs who have broken their fear and found their freedom, whatever it is for them, and they show you how to do the exact same thing and create magic in your life. So grab a coffee, pull your running shoes, and your earbuds, and let the games begin. By the way, take my hand. The doors are about to open, and the fun is just starting. So join us on this podcast, Break Fear, Find Freedom. I look so forward to meeting you there. In a genre where everything sounds exactly the same, we just want to stand out from the pack. From the Hardwood Heroes to the Low Light Zeros, every minute of this show brings nothing but pure facts and entertainment. Whether it's the following freestyle that's not intended to be serious, or 60 second off the wall rant from an alter ego and a hoodie and a do-rag, be prepared for a basketball podcast like no other. I'm Tyrone Smith, and this is Got Him Coach.